Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in on you. Seeing how your life's going. You know something? I have such an amazing life. I feel like it's time to give back to you guys. You know, I'm just sitting here going, thinking to myself, what could be better than flying to Indianapolis in the middle of December? You know, Patriots are playing the Colts at Lucas Oil Field Stadium there, right? The game starts at 7. My show starts at 7. I can't go to the fucking game. You know what's even better? What is even better is I have a fucking cold. I mean, this is the life that I am living right now, and I feel guilty. And I want you guys to know that at some point in the future, I am going to give back. But I want credit now for just having had the thought that I'm thinking about you guys on some level. I really am. My heart breaks for everyone out there, you know, because... Sorry. I live out here in LA and the weather's great and we never get cold. And I just made me think who am I to complain that I'm going to Indianapolis with a cold? There are people that have to live there year round with colds. Oh, fuck it with you. Indianapolis is actually one of the ones uh, I like. It. Their highway system is extremely confusing. They got a giant fucking freeway that goes all the way around it. You don't know which way you're going. You're looking at the sun. You're like Henry Hill looking for helicopters. You're trying to figure out what, which way you're fucking going. But um, downtown area, a little scary, you know, a little less foot traffic than I would like. One of those ghost town kind of things. But when it's open, when it's open, all them corn-fed people are walking around. Last time I went there with Verzi, they got a, I know they have a really good cigar bar somewhere out there. I also know that they got this famous place where you go to get prime rib, and they have uh, horseradish, extra horseradish on that motherfucker. Uh, I can never say horseradish without saying that since I watched The Wire. Um, when he was confessing to all those murders. <laughs> um yeah i might do that it just sucks that i have a fucking cold because uh i gotta i gotta i gotta tell you something like i have my my ancestors are from that part of the country when my ancestors came over here the joymans they all settled i think in indiana or whatever so um you know there was a farm or something we had out there for many many years and I think like 20 years ago, my mother asked me, said it was going up for sale for the first time in, I don't know, like 100 years, it wouldn't be in our family name. Did I want to buy it? And I didn't have the fucking money. Also, I was like Paul Sorvino in the fucking uh, Goodfellas. Like, oh, well, what do I know about running a farm? Um, he bought the farm. What did that always mean? He bought the farm. Did that mean you, you, you were always in debt your whole life, and then when you died, your life insurance, you finally were able to pay off your farm? Is that what it meant? Let's look it up, shall we? But I like Indiana. It's kind of like Wisconsin without the serial killers. <laughs> they don't have as many lakes, but, you know, you, you can take comfort in knowing that your neighbor isn't going to make, uh, you know, turn you into a lamp after he's done fucking your corpse. 
Uh, that's Wisconsin. But you know, Wisconsin has great milkshakes. Do you know what I mean? They're not like Michigan driving cars into fucking parades. Or was that Wisconsin? I get them confused at this point. You know, you, would, you wouldn't think there was anybody nice in Wisconsin or Michigan the way the fu- or any place the way the fucking news covers it. All right. He bought the farm expression origin. There we go. Here we go. What is it meant by the phrase bought the farm? It comes from the, a 1950s era Air Force term meaning to crash or to be killed in action. And it refers to the desire of many wartime pilots to stop flying, return home, buy a farm, and live peace, peaceably ever after. Wow, I was 100% wrong. What a surprise. Air Force term meaning to crash or to be killed in action and refers to the desire of many wartime pilots to stop flying. Well, who wants to fly when you're getting fucking shot at? Are you dropping bombs on people going, oh, I hope they landed on the right ones. Uh, Return home, buy a farm, and live peaceably ever after. Oh, so they were just, oh, he bought the farm. I get it. Where, Where is he? Oh, he bought the farm acting as though he went home to live his dream when he really died. Wow. Let's see. Here's another one. Let's see. Uh, the New York Times, March 1954, a related in the glossary of jet pilots, slang, bought a plot, had a fatal crash. Oh, there's a bunch of different explanations here. Simple past tense and past particle to buy the farm, died, often refers to death in battle or by plane crash. It's definitely, it's definitely, uh, there's a number of theories. He bought the farm. Some funny bastard said that on the Air Force Base, and now nobody knows where it came from. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And this is what I mean by giving back, is I'll say things, and I won't know what they mean, and then I'll look them up for you. Is that giving back? I don't understand. Um, so anyway, I'm coming out there to Indy, and uh, Indianapolis, I've always had such weird experiences when I go there. Obviously, if you know, if you listen to any podcast, you know I sat next to that guy who fancied himself to be part of the CIA and kept asking me why I was going to Indianapolis and press the button while we were taxing to try and stop us from going somewhere. Um, and then when I got to Indianapolis one time, I remember I was playing this theater. There was two theaters in the same building and the, uh, the one downstairs was the smaller one. That was the one that I was playing. And the one upstairs was Sesame Street Live. And, uh, but, but we shared the same stairwell. Maybe it was next door. And all I know is like the door opened to where they were and I saw Bert and Ernie and all these guys. I was like, oh shit. And I filmed them. And Bert starts walking towards me and I thought he was waving like, Hello. They're like, oh, hey, Bert's coming over to say hello. You know, doing his laughing shit. And he came walking up. I thought he was waving. He was doing the stop filming thing and he slammed the door in my face. <laughs> this giant Bert. He was like fucking, you know, with the, the big fucking head and all that. He shut the door in my face and I was just like, oh, shit. I guess Ernie really is the cool one, right? So I ended up posting the video and then the Sesame Street people got back to me and said, I didn't own the rights to the video I had to take. So I took it down. I was like, what the fuck you mean I don't own the fucking rights to it, you cunt? It's my cell phone. I had a right to be there and you should have closed your green room door. Get mad at Bert. You know? Oh, Bert was the only one on it. Ernie was over there fucking around, but whatever. They were all in there. 
And uh, somewhere on one of my laptops, I still have that um, video. But this is what kills me. You know, everybody's taking video and you take all these fucking pictures of your kids and everything. And then they update the fucking... And it looks clear and it looks great. Then they update the phones and then your picture isn't worth the shit anymore. So like... I don't understand. What, what are you supposed to be doing here? Like, I'm taking all these pictures to save them what? So they'll be all like pixelated and it's like back to the future and people are fading away. All of these videos that I'm taking of my kids. I don't know. It's weird. Um, my daughter said something fucking hilarious today. I was driving her to school and she goes, hey, dad. She goes, sometimes, uh, sometimes lepers want to be alone and they climb trees. And I'm like, lepers? She goes, yeah, lepers. I go, I think you mean leopards. She goes, no, it's lepers. And I was thinking, all right, well, you know, they got that fucking skin disease. They're shunned by society. I kind of like that. That's a strong move by a leper. Well, I don't fucking need you either. I'm going to go up here and sit in this fucking tree. You know, this tree doesn't judge me. Well, even if it did, it doesn't have the option not to. It's just for to sort of stand in there. Jesus Christ, I always think that whenever there's a Christmas tree. The day that they come up with the technology to hear trees screaming, oh my God. That's going to be the end of Christmas. <laughs> Just the fucking... You get your Christmas tree right after Thanksgiving like I do in an entire month. What'd you do to my legs? Ah! Water! Water! <laughs> fucking actually understand those things you know and god created trees too and he allows that shit he made us smart enough to fucking chop them down he just doesn't care i, I really firmly believe in that that whatever it is just sort of made us and left like all right we'll see how that works out and then he went on to another world you know he Went on to another world. I really think God is a man, by the way. I really do. Just for the simple fact that we get shit done. We don't stand around talking about doing stuff and bitching about it and trying to manipulate other people around you to get you to do the job for them. You know, that's not what a man does. It's what a woman does. I mean, what have women accomplished ever? In history. And you can't talk about giving birth because you can't help that. If there was a way for you to make me pregnant instead of you, you would have. All right? Now, I'm not trying to be, like, sexist here. I'm just trying to open a dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? We've done plenty of things. I'll tell you what my wife does. She fucking puts up with me, um, which is not easy. Not easy. Oh, fucking grumpy Bill with the goddamn cold. Um... Uh, Oh, look who it is. It's Noom. You know, when it comes to losing weight, there's a lot of pressure out there to label foods good or bad. But that just creates unnecessary dilemmas. Noom is here to change how we see food with a psychologically based approach that looks at what you eat, but also how you eat. Instead of making you feel guilt or regret, Noom empowers you to keep going. <laughs> Finish that gallon of ice cream. Instead of trying to cram your life into someone else's idea of health, try Noom. Noom uses a psycho... Psycho... 
psychology-based approach to find a healthier balance that's moldable to your life. This is what I need right here. And as a result, more sustainable instead of doing the diet and then getting off the diet and then gaining all the weight back and then some. You don't need rules to lose weight, just the knowledge and wisdom to empower you to build smarter, more sustainable habits. Noom's weight cognitive behavioral approach helps you better understand your relationship with food, how to be more mindful of your habits. It gives you the knowledge and support you need for long-lasting change. 75% of Noom users finish the program and more than 60% of the users engage with the program, keep the weight off for a year or more. That's incredible. With Noom, take care of your health. Taking care of your health is empowering instead of stress-inducing. No need to fear running the whole, uh, ruining the whole program with one off day. Noom will help you get back on track. That's what I need. One off day and I fucking stick my head in the sand for 10 days. All you need is a daily 10-minute check-in. No grueling early morning or huge chunks of your day. Start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash M-M-P. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash M-M-P. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's Liquid Death. I love these guys. Death to plastic. If you have one, crack open a can. I got one, but I'm not home right now. Liquid Death also donates 10% of the profits to help kill plastic pollution forever. This is basically bottled water, except it's in an aluminum can. Why did it take us so long to get here? I don't know, but this is where we're at. Thank God for a company like Liquid Death. Uh, try to think of something more hardcore than killing plastic pollution. Spoiler, you can't. Murder your thirst and kill plastic pollution. Save the earth. Look dope as hell with Liquid Death. It takes up to 1,000 years for a plastic bottle to decompose. Your plastic will outlive you. Yeah, times 10, even if you are 100. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Look cool drinking a crisp tall boy filled with fresh mountain spring water and reduced waste pollution. Plus, it tastes better than a plastic bottle. It's just a fucking win. It's a win-win-win situation, they say. Um, you'll see these cans popping up everywhere. Liquid Death is available if your local Whole Foods, Sprouts, or 7-Eleven, or my refrigerator. I always keep it stocked. But you, uh, but you know that's not all. Now you can rock Liquid Death merch. That crazy logo you know and love is available on sweatshirts, hats, even license plate holders. And don't you dare pay for shipping. Go to liquiddeath.com slash burr to get free shipping on all water and merch. That's liquiddeath.com slash burr to get free shipping on all water and merch. Grab some now at Whole Foods, Sprouts, or 7-Eleven. Um, do it now and totally murder your thirst. You know I've been listening to lately? I've been listening to a lot lately as I've been listening to a bunch of Def Leppard, man. What a fucking band. That High and Dry album, I never really listened to it because, you know, I'm such like a fanboy. If it wasn't on MTV, I get nervous to go in deeper cuts. That first fucking, uh, the first couple of songs there, Let It Go and Hit and Run, fucking killer. Absolutely killer. I just love the lyrics too. You know, before all those, Goddamn miserable fucking Seattle people came in. Jesus Christ. What a bunch of mopey cunts they were, huh? No one ever talks about that. They always just talk about how great the music is. That is true. But those were not exactly the most uplifting fucking people you ever wanted to be around. Right? I know I've talked about this before, but those people in those fucking, you know, metal bands on the L.A. Sunset Strip... You know, they had a lot of fucked up shit happen to them, too. They didn't dump their fucking day on you. 
They kept it light. Don't need nothing but a good time. <laughs> and they went back and they did their heroin in private. Let me tell you about the rock stars of the 80s. They were gentlemen. They were raised right. You don't talk politics. You don't talk religion. You don't bring up your sad fucking childhood. You know, of course, they talk about some broad. Every rose has its stone. They talk about some woman, right? What was that? What was that? Uh, oh, what was that band? They fucking finally broke through with their hair. Was it L.A. Guns? That song was something about Jane. It was always Jane. Jane says. And then what's his face sing about uh, Mary Jane? Everybody was singing about Jane. That was a popular name for a troubled woman back then. At least a fucking groupie. Like if you named your daughter Jane in the 60s, 50s or 60s, there was a good chance that she was going to blow a rock star. (laughs) I think that that's why that name died out. Right? I don't know. I have no idea. You know what I was doing yesterday? I was fucking trying to get over this goddamn cold. Uh, I put on the MLB network, and I was watching Nolan Ryan throw his last no-hitter. I think it was his last. He was 44. I was just seeing all these old-school names. You know, Tom House. Somebody told you their name was Tom House. You'd be like, that's not a real name. It's too simple and easy to remember. You know? Nothing about that name shines a light back onto the parents. That's why you give your kid an interesting name, right? Soliloquy! Soliloquy! Oh, my God. Your daughter's name is Soliloquy? What? Yeah. We call her Uqui for short. Uqui! Oqui! Sorry, Oqui! That's amazing. Now, do you act? Yes, I do. I recently had a project. Meanwhile, Soliloquy's getting fucking the shit kicked out of her. Does that even happen now? There's too many cameras. I wonder if old bullies talk to young bullies now and they reminisce about how easy it was to fucking violate somebody back in the day. Oh, man, you, you bullies got rough today. Back in the day, you could punch whoever the fuck you wanted to. The smaller, the better. Nobody said nothing. They, all they would do was yell at the victim and say, you got to learn how to fight back. Those were the days. I tell you, on a good day, I'd slug six fucking third graders before lunchtime. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now, people. I'm just thinking about I got to get on a fucking airplane. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, out of everything that I've seen in sci-fi movies, the one thing that I wish they could come up with was the ability to zap yourself from one part of the world to another. Jesus Christ, you think this COVID's out of control now. Uh, But just for travel. Can you imagine that? You could literally live in Los Angeles and work every day in London. You just have to get up earlier. Right now, I could just walk through a fucking porthole 
out under the streets of beautiful downtown Indianapolis. You know, we got the 500 out here, right? That's another great thing, the Indianapolis 500 out there in Indiana. You know, I was trying to see if they had any classic car shows, but they don't have that this time of year. They got a couple of dealerships out there. I fucking love those things. You know what I've been following lately? I, you know, old trucks and all that shit. Now I'm kind of into like those, you know, those company cars that a guy making a certain amount of income used to drive. Like the Lincoln Mark IV. Mark IV. Was it Mark or Mark? Lincoln Mark IV. Four times the speed of sound in that sled? I don't think so. I'm going to say it was Mark IV. Um, the silver something edition. That's when they had that that buttoned leather seat, whatever they call it, where that button would push all the leather in. It was absolutely stunning. Guys would get that car in silver and have like either silver interior or they'd have it red leather interior. They'd fucking drive down the street in a goddamn cloud. And they'd eat steaks and they'd smoke cigars and they'd drop off a heart attack at 58, but they were living. Uh... The Mercury Grand Marquis, you know, like they don't make cars. They don't really like make luxury cars anymore. It seems like everything goes fast or it looks badass. But I'm trying to think of like a fat ass fucking, you know, boss hog car. I know Jaguar has one. Jaguar has one. BMW has like the seven series. Um. Let me see here. Luxury sedans. Let's see who's making one now. They'll probably say like a Lexus. Nothing like drives like a sports car. Audi A8. Lexus IS. Mercedes Benz. Yeah, all of these cars like haul ass. Those fucking luxury cars back in the day. Like they couldn't even get out of their own fucking way. It was all about just cruising down the road. You didn't want to drive fast. You wanted everybody to see how much money you were making. <laughs> yeah, you had to drive slow enough so you could meet the eye of some broad walking down the fucking street. And she knew. She saw that fucking leather interior and she's like, oh my God, those pockets are deep over there, baby. Fucking pockets are deep over there, man. I don't know. If you're wondering if I'm slowly losing my mind during all of this shit, you're right. I am. I am. I know I'm going to have good shows, though. I do know that. Now, where the fuck is my reads for this week? Oh, Jesus. I don't have any reads. I don't have any advertising. Was there somebody that I upset? Did something happen? Oh, well, well, there you go. I do, have to, I do have to tease this. I did a Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Uh, with Jim Gaffigan a month ago. And it starts off with talking comedy. And by the end, I was only supposed to do a half hour. I think we did like an hour and a half or hour and 45 minutes. We were just trashing each other. And it was the fucking most fun I've had with another comic in a long, long time. And Jim has a new special coming out on Netflix. So next Monday, I will be... uh, I'm actually taking the day off because I, I, 
um, recorded that thing a month ago, which is kind of an interesting idea for me. I should start doing that more often. Pre-recording a guest, and because what's now what's happening is when I, I go to Indianapolis, I don't have to bring my podcast shit. It's the little victories, people. You know, when I go through security, what is that? Is that a weapon? It's a microphone. Why do you have a microphone? Because I do a podcast. Oh, really? Why do you do a podcast? Because I'm lonely? Because I wasn't good at math? I don't know. Why do you rummage through people's bags? Because I'm saving your fucking life! All right, fair enough. Fair enough, I get it. There's no reason to get hostile. You know what's great about having a cold and telling people about it on the podcast is then you get to learn all everybody's fucking cold remedies. I need a remedy, remedy, remedy. Um, I remember once a long time ago, somebody said, the second you blow your nose, that's when you get the cold. So if you just don't blow your nose, it's just like, uh, are you really that fucking stupid? Um, You know, laying down right now is not working for me. It really isn't. Uh, all right, let's look out for cold remedies. Cold remedy. I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to sneeze. Shortness duration, less than severity of cold, backed by science. Well, it says it's backed by science. It's got to work. Ah! Ah! The only way to blow your nose on a podcast is you just have to commit to it. You got to commit to it. Umka. Nature's way. Uh, make your way to feeling better with homeopathic ingredients and a variety. Umka. This shit doesn't work. None of this shit. If, this, if somebody cured the fucking cold, you know what I'm saying? If somebody actually cured this shit, you'd never hear the end of it. You know, if I was president right now, okay, and I was aware that I was actually president, like this guy that we have, you know, which, by the way, Paul Verzi has the greatest thing. There should be an age limit about when you can be president. You know, I think like 55 is a great age. You know, you can't be too young because then you're like Bill Clinton just banging whores in the pool and you're not getting anything done. You got to be like 55. You're on the other side of it. You know, but you're not like, I don't know, like some fossil, like, like Trump and this fucking guy, Joe Biden, right? You need like 55. Maybe that's how they do it. You can only be president if you're 55 to 63. And you're a man. That's it, right? <laughs> Hey, by the way, I don't want to get petty here, but when was the last time there was a bald president? Let me see this here. Let's see. Let's look this up. This, this is how I use the internet. The last bald president. Okay. Let me see. Oh, now they're getting so good with those, those goddamn ha- hair systems. All right, search. Search for the fucking thing. The president and board kind of... Oh, Jesus Christ. Did I have to say of the United States? Do you remember that band, the President of the United States? 
I fucking something and I something. Then I fucking something and I fucking something. She lump, she lump. The last board pres. Oh, it said board. Bald. How, do you, how are you bald and you don't know how to spell it? The last bald president of the USA. Let's see. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Great call. It has been nothing but hair ever since. The last bald president almost goes back as far as the last time the Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup. I'm sorry to everyone in Toronto. I'll be there next summer. Dwight David Eisenhower. Or David Dwight Eisenhower. He went by Dwight. You know? If he was president today, they'd call him White Eisenhower. <laughs> how, many bald, <coughs> how many bald presidents have there been? Let's see. I bet there was a lot more of them back in the day when they didn't have hair systems. You know, back when Ben Franklin thought he looked good. I know he wasn't a president, but, you know, it's kind of like with baseball, like how back in the day when it was just white people. And they played without baseball gloves and shit. Like three guys a year would hit 400. Then it became one guy every three years. And then it just became Ted Williams did it in 1946 and no one ever did it again. That's like bald presidents. All right. Three, for a proper answer, we would have to define what we mean by bald. And specifically, you know what it is, the fucking horseshoe. I define bald as having no hair at the highest point of the skull. Okay. Okay, John Quincy Adams, bald. Martin Van Buren, bald. Dwight Eisenhower, bald. Honorable mentions. John Tyler. He was starting to lose it. He was hanging in there. James Polk. Uh, Dude, that's a fucking... He looks like a poet. James Garfield is bald. He absolutely is bald. Warren G. Harding. Nah, he looks like the fucking head of Chrysler. Calvin Coolidge. Yeah, all these guys are just losing it. Herbert Hoover. James Garfield and Rutherford B. Hayes. I don't know. Man, that's some names that all died out. Is there one fucking normal name into that? It's just, that fascinates me. Ma Ed, Martin Van Bruen, Buren, Dwight, Dwight, Dwight Howard, John, John 13, 316, they're still quoting his work. James, that stuck around, another James. Warren, Warren Potsy Weber's the last Warren that I knew. Calvin, that's a, car, that's a cartoon now, Calvin, Herbert, you know, he could have that as a last name and be quarterback of the Chargers, but nobody has that fucking name. There's another James Rutherford. Jesus Christ. Chester. Chester, you need a, you need a fucking horse, Chester. Rutherford B. Hayes. That is a great fake fucking name. You know, if you ever slip into a party that you're not supposed to be at, you're kind of getting busted. When they ask you what your fucking name is, you should go by Rutherford. Don't say B. Hayes. They don't fucking... You'll get caught. 
Rutherford H. Salisbury. One of those blue blood names. Even they went away from those fucking blue blood names, huh? They were getting all fucking nervous. You can tell by your name how much money you have. Blue, this last thing I'm going to look up and then I'm going to mercifully end this podcast. Blue blood names. Blue blood names. We'll be right back with blue blood names. That's hilarious. It says Tom Selleck, Donnie Wahlberg. I guess there's a, sh- there's a show called Blue Bloods. 49 preppy baby names. Oh, I love it. Let's make it. Let's let's go nice and white here. What do we got here? Digby. Oh, Digby. Jesus Christ. That's just someone, you know, even look at him. His family's going to fucking sue you no matter what he does. He hits you with his car and he sues you for debt in his fucking car. There's nothing you can do. Connery. Ingram, Yates, that's a fucking name, Aldrich, Whitaker, I don't know Whitaker, I knew it was Lou Whitaker, Bronwyn, Thompson, Tilly, oh, Tilly, you fucking stuck up C-note, Teague, Niles, I like Niles, Orson, Merritt, Margot with an A-U-X, Bradford, Palmer, Darcy, Tinsley, Poppy, Ellison, Vance, Thatcher, Briggs. Briggs is a good fucking name. Briggs? Briggs is an unusual name choice for baby boys. Briggs is an old English name that translates to Bridges. That's a fucking strong name, Briggs. It's a name and a nickname all at the same time. Tiger Stadium used to be Briggs Stadium. Kingsley, Blaine, Blair. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both in there, you have the facts of life. Quincy. Now they're going all old school shows here. Blair, Quincy. Roland. Great drums. Electronic drums, best Electronic drums in the business. Okay, I'll read two more. Lennox, Enlighten. Sterling, Davis, Keaton, Sloan, Ainsley, Reed, Brooks, Finley, Corbin, sorry, I can't stop. Graham, Emerson, Tucker. There's a lot of Tuckers. All right. Speaking of Tucker, I am tuckered out from this podcast I don't know how I do it, people, but I always land on my feet. Before we get out of here, let's, uh, you know, me and Paul Verzi, a couple of degenerate gamblers. Uh, we do the BetMGM segment each week where me and Paul Verzi pick four NFL games. And not like these bums on these other sports shows where they're betting the money line. We bet against the spread like a real man does it. And so far this year, me and Paul Verzi, we are like combined. We're both over 500 against the spread. 14 fucking weeks in. So you do the goddamn, you do the fucking math. That's 56 fucking games. And we're still up on BetMGM. And you could be too. If you listen to the two bald idiots you're about ready to listen to right now. 
What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Anything Better NFL Preview Show, sponsored by BetMGM. You guys know we use BetMGM, the most reliable lines in the betting game. Okay, if you haven't signed up yet, we've got a special offer for our listeners with BetMGM. You sign up uh, a new BetMGM account and use bonus code BURR. That's B-U-R-R. Like it's always been, it's very simple, and you'll get $50 free bet just for signing up, guys. You're going to get $50. That's right. You don't even need to make a deposit to get in on the action. If you haven't signed up yet, it's very simple. Go to BetMGM, use code BURR, get $50 off. And uh, that's it. Bet to use for this week's games. As a reminder, BetMGM is finally coming to Louisiana. While sports betting isn't live quite yet, you could sign up early for BetMGM. Just use bonus code BURR for $200 free bets, no deposit required to uh, use uh, sports betting live in Louisiana. Now. I love that they held out and made sure they got the best deal. Now. We are going into this is what's going on here. Okay. Because I was actually thinking about this. I was actually thinking about this and, and I, I'm I'm pretty impressed. Okay. Now, Bill is a little more, I would say this. I, I don't want to speak for him, but Bill's a little slightly more humble than me. Uh now I would say slightly. <laughs> you know, Bill, listen, I don't do a crazy NFL touchdown dance. Bill hands the ball right off to the official. I I do a quick thing. I have to do a quick thing. No. I don't do a full no, I don't do a full break dance. No. No. But you know, Only I don't because do a, you can't. But if you could, <laughs> you would. <laughs> but let's just talk. No, let's that's just like talk, you're holding back, Paul. Let's just talk about what's going on here. Okay. So after week 14, after week 14, with us picking four games a week against the spread, going into week 15. Okay. Bill Burr. 31, 24, and one. He went two and two last week. He stayed even, so he's where he stayed over 500. Me, I did gain a game going three and one, and I am 29 and 27. That means, guys, with three weeks left, and I got a message from a fan saying, You and Burr are making me money. That is, guys, nice. we are going. We, somebody said, I am riding the anything better train and you two are making. You're going to jinx it, Paul. You're waking them up. You got to keep it quiet. So we want to thank everybody for for following us. No, we want to thank everybody. What did I say? What did I say? Don't buy anything. Take it back. Take it back. Pulling up in the pink Cadillac with the fucking fur coat on. Bill, it's in my mother's name. Uh, (laughs) I love that car. Can I read an email from a listener? Yeah. Yes. Uh, As a real good one. Good morning. Uh, Big fan of the podcasts. I listen while I'm walking uh, out each morning at 4.30 a.m. I wish you were on every day. I'm a 77-year-old great-grandmother. I don't use the F word. However, I'm excusing you because you're a sweetheart of a guy, and I understand more. You understand more about what makes women tick than any man I've known. And I've known this went into the Bills podcast. Paul, I'm sure you know a lot about women. I don't want you to feel left out here. Uh, listen, but this is about listen to your picks and made a three-team parlay bet with this weekend. My husband placed the bet for me. Washington Colts and Cardinals won them on your advice. My husband was impressed. Just a oh, big shout out. Because she teased out. it up because Cardinals didn't win for me. 77-year-old yeah, he- grandmother. Thank you, Donna. 
Nice. Wow. wow. She took and she took she took your Cardinals bet and my Washington bet and teased it and ended up winning. Oh my God. <laughs> I would like, you know what, Bill, this is why no one's going to take notice of what we're doing. Cause they're, you know, we're first year. They're going to say these are first year jerk offs, not knowing. So we need to come back next year and continue this, but make no mistake. What we are doing are is pretty damn enemies. Cool. <laughs> Bring them on, dude. Bring them on. Um, they're going to say, so we, the, no, everybody said we couldn't do it, man. <laughs> so now here we go. We're going into week 15. We're going into week 15, Bill. Uh, like I said, Bill is 31-24-1. I am in the uh, I am in a prevent defense, knowing you're coming. I'm just trying to give up the middle of the field and only lose one game a week, and hopefully I'll fucking be there at the end. I don't like this week at all. All, all right, right who, let's who goes see. first this week? Uh, this is an odd week, so this would be me. All right, who do you okay. like? I know who you like. Oh, boy. Well, hold on a second. Andrew, can we just get confirmation? Is Baker Mayfield out with COVID? I heard that just now. And if that's the case, that's a big deal for uh, Cleveland because they're they're playing a not-so-good Raiders team right now. But if Baker's out, I'm done. Um, he's out, right? Not confirmed. He's likely out. Dude, COVID, COVID's getting players in all the leagues. Wild. Um, all right. See? Throws a wrench in there. Hey, you know, it's funny. Well, they wear face max on Sunday. They can't do it during the week, can they? All right. You know what? Nothing, nothing I'm going to do it. Joke. All right. This is a, this is a, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, to get this going on here. Um, <laughs> you getting it going on, Paul? Yeah. See, I don't know. I'm not even speaking right. You know what, guys? I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to ride the train and here's why. The Green Bay Packers are minus four against the Ravens, but Lamar Jackson might be out. And the thing is, Green Bay needs to keep winning to get that home field because the Bucs keep winning. this is fucking bullshit. What is this? All this, these guys might be in, they might be out. What the fuck am I betting on here? I know. Well, Lamar Jackson, it wasn't COVID. It's like looking at some chick's Instagram picture. You don't know what she looks like till she shows up. She fucking held the camera up here. She comes in. She's a fucking whale, Paul. <laughs> that reminds me of Bartnick's joke when he says they just show their eyes. He goes, those are fat eyes. Um, all right. I'm going to take the green Bay Packers. I'm going to take the green Bay Packers minus four and a half on the road against the Ravens holding home field advantage. All right. It's beginning to look a lot like 2001. I'm taking the New England Patriots getting two and a half at Lucas Oil Field uh, playing Indianapolis. I will be there Saturday night when they're playing, but I'll be doing two shows because when you're in show business, you miss everything. Everybody's sitting around eating a fucking pot roast and you're out there, mammy, how I love you, how I love you, mammy. That's the sacrifice you make. Lucas Oilfield, my fucking team is right down the street. I am in that godforsaken city with that fucking highway that goes all the way around it, and you forget which way you're going. You know, it's like you're in the Blair Wished. You remember that? They're running around the woods. Scott? Was that his name? Dougie? I don't remember that. But you I remember saw the, the Blair Witch? No, no I do. Showed her. That's why you forget her. No, yeah. I remember her nose like running. Found footage. That movie scared the shit out of me. I saw it by myself at a midnight showing. Uh, remember all these dumb comics, man, that movie didn't scare me at all. Geez, you're so fucking tough in a movie theater. I was petrified. 
I was scared because the way they labeled the movie, the way they previewed it was that it really happened. And I was like, Oh shit, man, these kids got, um, you know, it's well, weird I mean, that the, it's what weird I that the, it's weird that the Colts are two and a half favorites against the Pats. Um, I'm not touching because that because Carson Wentz scores points. They got that running back. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. We've they had a couple put weeks up. off. He's had two weeks to prepare for him, Paul. I see what you're doing. You're going to go head to head against me, Paul. You're making, no, no. This is the Hail Mary week. Is this I could have got. Is? How mad would you have been if I picked the, the Patriots first? I don't like the game, and I don't like the fact that the Colts are minus. And I don't I'll like tell you, shitting all over the game that I just picked. What fuck game did you pick? The Green I, Bay you know, Packers? I don't like that right. game either. He's going into fucking Baltimore. Somebody's you know going to go out and get some crab cakes and get COVID, and they're not going to be able to block uh, fucking Aaron Rodgers' blindside. How do you like that? I just shit all over you know the game. Noah Touche. Touche. Why am I talking about your bet? I should be concentrated on my bet. You're absolutely right. I'm stalling, Bill. I'm stalling. Um, is that when you say touche? Touche, yeah. Is that when you say it though? Yeah, touche you means to like, say like fair enough. I thought if you were like you know arguing about history, your country's better than my touché, kind of worse. Touche and fair enough is kind of one and the same. I don't think it is. Yeah, it is. No, it's exactly what it is. Touche, you got a fucking sword in your hand. Fair enough, but we're just fucking hanging out. Touche means you're right. Fair enough means I guess you're right. It's kind of close. Touché I mean, what, what are we like doing? You agree. Oh, touche. Split. Good point. All right. You know, let's keep doing this so I could stall. Um, you know, this is so weird. Why are the Broncos favored against the Bengals after the Bengals? Because um, the Bengals have been shitting the bed, Paul. And laying in it, rolling around their own waist. I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams. After seeing that front four on Sunday. I like to that beat pick. The hapless Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are done. The Seahawks are done. It's over. You're it's never done when Russell will. You said the Chiefs were done, Paul. Chiefs are done. Look at you. Chiefs it was not done. nearly as much confidence. You were like, they are a bad football team. I told you. I said, you never know. They, they could wake up. They're starting to wake up, Paul. I'm going to take the Rams minus four and a half at home against the flailing, hapless Seattle Seahawks. Petey, Sneaky Pete has half. Make no mistake about this. Sneaky Pete has already talked to a real estate agent. His one leg is out the door, and he's looking for his new home. You think it's I'm that bad? They're done, dude. Russell, I think dude, they keep already him and they ship Russell Wilson out. And I think he goes to New York because he wants the people to fucking go nuts when he scores a touchdown. Everybody knows if you do something great out in fucking Seattle, half the country's asleep by the time you did it. That's All right, I got problem. Rams minus four and a half at home. What do you got? Hey, first of all, I got to get him. I'm getting a fucking attitude from you. All right, relax. I got this. What do you got? I'll fucking take my time just like you do. I got yeah, the but at least I Titans getting two points. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I didn't like that game. Titans are giving. Why are you shitting all over my bets? No, no, because I always go for te Tennessee. You know that. I just I was afraid. You took the ball. Good for you. Good for you. I didn't have the balls. I really didn't have the balls. I don't try to act like you. You're being cut. You know what it is, Paul? This is a competitive side of you. You could still win, Paul. You don't have to shit on all my bets. I'm not. I was saying, I would put the jinx on all my bets. It's annoying. There's no such thing. What as are you going to say now? Fair enough, because you already used touche. <laughs> Titans are giving to, by the way. They're giving to. Dude, the only time you see an ugly side of Paul Verzi is during competition. 
No, that's not true. He gets this look on his face, and you go, wow, he really is Sicilian. He is, like, mentally whacking me right now. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I'm going to take Joe Burrow. I'm going to take Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals getting two and a half. They just lost a heartbreaker at home, and this is their season uh, against the Denver Broncos. So give me the Bengals plus two and a half. They have to be in this game. They have to win this game. Hey, Paul, guess what? I like that pick. All right. I, and I appreciate it. Here's the game that we're both ignoring, Paul. What's the that? Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those are Bill's picks. Those are those are two teams Bill always bets with, whoever's playing them, and now they're playing each other. You've been on them. You've been on them. Come on, don't just make that all about me. I don't know why I'm going to do this, Paul. Why would I do? I'm going to wait. I'm going to think about that one. Um, I'll go head to head with I, you if you I, like I the Jags. I got one for you. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh, because I think you're wrong, Paul. I think at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is one of the greats. Okay, and this is when they, you know what the greats do, Paul. They step it up. They step it up in December. At the end of the day, the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers are still the San Diego Chargers, just like Caitlyn Jenner still Bruce Jenner. It's all the same. Just because you fucking move and become the Los Angeles Rams does not mean you weren't in St. Louis. And these fucking, they got that San Diego stink on them. Qualcomm Stadium is still hanging over them until they exercise that demon. I was going to go head to head with you. I was going to. I was going to take the Chargers because Justin Herbert, dude, the kid's on another thing right now. But. I just saw the Buffalo Bills minus 10 and a half at home after losing two heartbreakers in a row. They're playing the Panthers, who are completely done. They took out Cam Newton again, benched him, put another guy oh, he's in. out? Ah, oh, Jesus, but that would have helped. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills minus 10 and a half at home to put an absolute fucking beating. On the Carolina Panthers, they're going to win that game probably by 20. There it is. Oof, I almost took a head-to-head and almost lost. But. Uh, how do you know you almost how much, how you know you almost lost? Um, all right. The Minnesota Vikings going into Chicago. They're getting three and a half points. I don't know anything about either one of those teams, but I know I like their running back, Minnesota. But I also like the Dallas Cowboys getting ten and a half, giving ten and a half, going into the Giants. I mean, you want to talk about a fucking team that's just playing for fucking, I don't know, playing for a draft pick at this point? Probably, unfortunately. I'm, I'm going to go with, the, well, but they always, but they always fucking get up for the Cowboys though. Ten and a half is a lot of points, Paul. It's a lot of points. Giants are home. Giants are home. Oof. I know that's a tough one. Are you going to take the New York? Are you going to take my New York Football Giants for the first time since we've been doing this? No, they're a fucking mess, dude. <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to go zero and four this week. I can feel it. This is the thing right here that's going to make me go zero and four. Do I take Minnesota or do I take Dallas? Ah, uh, dude, fuck the Cowboys. They're too erratic. 
Minnesota Vikings. Fuck it. I don't like any of those picks except the Pats. All right. Um, That's it, Andrew. If you beat me this year, the level of how not classy you're going to be, it's just going to be disgusting. That's just so not like, are you trying to prepare? Like, what are you? I'm the the most gracious. uh, What are you talking about? I'm a good sportsman, dude. That's in your head, man. No, it That's isn't. in your head. It isn't. Yes, it's, it is. I wouldn't do that. Thing. We rammed it up there. Fucking asses. I got oh I got you all the way back in the day from the beginning. <laughs> Dude, I was 26 or 27 when I said that to you. I was probably drunk. And, uh, <laughs> hey, it holds a grudge, hey. okay? No, no, no. I've, I've listened. I've noticed it. Dude, that's like an old wife. Paul, I hear it in your voice. Some of it might be my own childhood shit, but I hear it in your voice, Paul. Something happens to you when you compete. It's funny. It's the only time you're not like Santa Claus. I think the childhood thing in in your past is a little more what it is. I don't think so because I just said that to you. But now you're just using that as an excuse. If you knew that, you would have come up with it. No, I was looking for a reason why you think that, and that makes more sense because if you beat me, I've been saying the whole time you're on some other shit right Paul, now. Well, if I ever had you, you beat if you beat me this year, if I ever had you mic'd up secretly in your fucking house, I, oh, nah. you'd owe me a phone call. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know you would. I oh, wouldn't yeah. take it personal. You know what do you think I would say? I would, I would just be like, oh, dude, I, fu-. you know what yeah, I would say? Yeah, fuck no. that orange motherfucker. Yeah, uh, you, you, no. yeah, it would, Paul. It would. That's that's. I would never say fuck. That orange motherfucker. You know what I would say? To be honest, if I won, I would Everyone go, that loved me in my life has. I would, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. There is our week 15. Here's the best part, though. Win or lose. How about this? I think this is a common ground we could both agree on. If me and you both finish either 500 or above. That's what I want. That is a win in itself. And that means our listeners. Whether you win or lose, it's whether you fucking beat the book. If we beat the book after that MGM 18, is going down. If we beat the book after this whole season and we made some people some money, they can't say oh, those guys don't know what the fuck they're doing. At I least think they year. also they, they should send they should issue a statement. Yeah. We that it has been a long time since two bald bastards over 17 weeks have been able to pick four <laughs> games a week and be above 500. All right. Um, That's it, all right, everybody. guys. This has been. Yes, this has been the uh, week 15 preview. Oh, that's right. That's oh, right. Oh, oh by the way. Same every week, right, Paul? Same thing every week. You know, here's what happens. Here's what happens. When Andrew Themlis isn't here, we do a great podcast and we don't hit the record button. So he's here now, and uh, we almost missed the Monday night I'm special. I'm already thinking of switching over to Dallas, dude. I was so pissed off that we missed another Monday night special by one thing. Bill Bill's pick of the two sacks by the Cardinals happened. Stafford, my pick Stafford happened. And then we were just waiting for a Kyler Murray rush touchdown and it never fucking happened. Guys, we're coming close. Dude, we did get in for showed up to play when they, they fucking did. push that, that, that guy over on that first play. And then the very next play, they called yeah. the penalty, but he was all over that guy again. I was like, oh, Jesus. Aaron Donald was not going to be fucking denied. That kid is an animal. 99 on um, the, the, you know, for the he people that don't know. He imposed his will. He did. He did. But um, listen, we did get you two two Monday night specials, and we've come within one thing of happening on three or four Monday night hey, specials. Paul, we don't need to apologize. So, Bill, I ask you now, 
So now I ask you, would you care what the son of a bitch was wearing? What it was, was that, uh, Casino? My cousin Vinny. Oh. Um, I never he saw was that sh- movie. When he was going to shoot a deer. Um, all right. Monday night is the Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Is that right, uh, yep. Andrew? Okay. What's the line? Three and a half? Uh, Minnesota's uh, giving three and a half. Oh, that's the game that Bill just picked. So you want Wait, to? Okay. I'm giving? No, I'm getting. Giving. Minnesota's giving three and a half. What? Yeah, oh, it's Minnesota fuck. minus three and a half. Yeah. You want to change that last pick to the Cowboys? Listen, we're still on the show, so you could change that pick. Yeah, whatever you want to do, Bill. Let's add drama and I'll change it so that everybody can fucking be into it. Oh, but we should have kept it. All right, but Andrew, you got to make sure you write down the so we don't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to take the Cowboys against your Giants. I'm sorry, Paul. I don't like oh. doing that to you. I don't like doing that to you. Oh, fuck. You know what? We got a backup quarterback. Andrew, what's his name is out. Daniel Jones, they said, is out again. Ten and a half points is a lot with Barkley healthy, but I, I, our offensive line stinks. Um, hey, I, uh, okay, so I think that Delvin Williams, what the hell's his name? What the, what's oh, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Delvin Williams played running back for the Dolphins in the 80s. Um, I would he's gonna he's gonna run one in. He will run one in. He will run one in. He will run one in for sure. Who's their left tackle? I say they call the fucking he's eligible and they throw it to him. What does that pay? I'm oh kidding. god. Uh, uh I don't like that. I'm fucking with you. Oh, I was dude, if that comes in. <laughs> dude, if that came in, you win. um all right so dalvin cook rushes for a touchdown you want to do kirk cousins over 250 yards passing or no can you do that oh no that you know they're gonna be it's every 25 yards so it's gotta be 25 50 i think it's gonna be a boring game i don't know why those two fucking teams hate each other. It's the monsters of the midway versus the fucking cunts up there in uh, Mall of America. And I just think that they always play like, you know, those are never like, you know, 40 to 38 games. Maybe they are, but I don't remember it. I, I, I take under? the under. We take the under? What's yeah. the under over on it? 44 and a half. Right now oh. it's 44 and a half. By the time it comes out, it could, could, could move a point. But You know, Bears have a decent defense. Do they? Are all right. I mean, the Bears just gave up 45 points, though. Yeah, do your fucking dreamboat guy there. Aaron Rodgers, you got a poster yeah. of him. Um, your bedroom wall. I'll go, you know, I'll go under if you want to go under. I don't go- know. I don't know if I like that. Paul, I don't I didn't even watch a second of football last week. I'm not going to lie to you. I had shit to do. How about the My kid- team was off. They had a bye week. Why can't I have a bye week? Justin Fields. Let's do something with Justin Fields. Oh, he's the one of quarter- the best kickers in the NFL, right? No, one of the co- he's the quarterback of the Bears. Like I said, nobody slings it like that guy. <laughs> he's got legs. You want? Can we do Justin Fields rushing for fifty yards? No, that's a lot. Forty yards. Oh, he said it's every twenty-five. These, these fucking these two teams are in the witness protection program. I don't know anybody on these fucking teams. Right, so how about this? Let's make it fun then. Let's make it fun. Okay. Let's bet the over. Vikings get an interception. Justin Fields is going to throw an interception. So Vikings get an interception. Dalvin Cook gets a touchdown. And then, Bill, let's do a Bears one. What do you want to do for the Bears? They're uh, 
Three people have a heart attack in the stands. Sorry. Shout out to the SNL sketch. Jesus. Uh, oh. Um, uh, I remember. I want to see here. Uh, so the quarterback of the Bears throws a pick. Dalvin Cook rushes a touchdown. I don't know anybody in the Bears. Is it Mitch Trubisky? Is he gone? Dude, Mitch Trubisky's been gone, yeah. Yeah. Is he um, playing the Flamingo now? <laughs> <laughs> some reason I pictured him opening for the Osmonds. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins throws a touchdown? Yeah, I also like the over. Fuck this. Let's say it's going to be an exciting game. Over? Yeah. All right. There you go. Over. We'll do over. So here you go for the people. Under, done. And the way people get up, you know, people get confused. I'm going to reiterate. Paul, the, just say it again. Don't use big words. The over. We're going to go the over. 44 and a half. Is it 44 and a half or 44? Andrew, 44 and a half or 44? 44 and a half. Yeah. Over 44 and a half. Dalvin Cook rushes a touchdown. Fair enough. Touche. Touche. And, and Fields, Justin Fields throws an interception. Justin Fields throws an interception. Agree to disagree. <laughs> All right. There I'm you go, everybody. Give me a damn cold, man, because she took the kiss. To oh, her. boy. Yep. Oh, Billy Sniffles. It's Billy Sniffles over there. Um, well, while Billy Sniffles is getting a tissue, don't forget, everybody, please use the BetMGM app. It's the best, most reliable lines, the best app to bet with. Uh, we love it, and we love working with hey, them Paul, since we paired with them. What's between a man and a woman? The difference Women between those with Kleenex guys use toilet paper. That's oh, it. I like Dude, that. It's all paper, right? This guy knows what I'm talking about. Back me up. I'm doing 80s comedy here. Yeah, and, and women go use a tissue. It's like just give me whatever. I don't got fucking use a. I, I use a. I use a towel. Get me mad, Bill. I'm trying towel, to read this. Dude. Even even I had to back off the paper towel. Oh, you're done you... rubbing your nose. You look like you did a fucking. Dude, you look like you just got out of a UFC fight. Yeah, you look like you get, yeah, you know, bruised up and shit. Um, hey, dude, that chick beat that other, the Brazilian chick. I missed it. I know. We got to talk about that on the, on the, we got to talk about that on the other one. All right. It was let's incredible. Wrap it up here, Paul. You're it was incredible. Down with my interruptions. I'm trying to. I'm trying to fucking wrap it up. And then you're blowing your nose. Wait, you froze. Bill froze. Did we lose Bill? Okay. He's back. Um, all right, guys. So that's that the, uh, that, that's the deal. What's that? That was funny because as I was frozen, you were going like, I'm trying. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, all right, did Paul freeze or did I freeze? Paul's trying to do something. Well, don't worry, listeners. The suspense is killing me. Well, don't worry, listeners, because in January, we'll be out together in the ATC fucking studio. I'm taking Billy Sniffles to dinner. Taking Themless to dinner. I'll buy everybody fucking dinner. You think I give a fuck? Steaks on the kid. Steaks on the kid. All right, here we go. If you guys haven't signed up yet, all right, please use this offer. We love working with BetMGM. Their lines are the best. And uh, listen, you guys know MGM. It's the most reliable. Okay, so we have offers just for our listeners. If you sign up with BetMGM account and you use bonus code Burr, you're going to get $50 free. Just for signing up, you're going to get a $50 free bet just for signing up. Okay. You don't even, that's right. You don't even have to, you don't even need to make a deposit to get any action. 
If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code BURR. That's B-U-R-R. You'll get $50 free bet to use for this week's game. As a reminder, BetMGM is finally coming to Louisiana. That's right. All you people down in the bayou, while sports betting isn't live quite yet, sign, uh, you could sign up early for BetMGM. Just use bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R, for $200 in free bets. No deposit required to use when sports betting is live in Louisiana. We love working with BetMGM. They've been the best, and uh, that's been the show. That has been our NFL preview show going into week 15, and I'm going to talk a little shit. We're beating the book, and we're going to keep beating the book. How you like that? Till next See? week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Arizona, Colorado, D.C., Iowa, Indianapolis, Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, Washington only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Colorado, D.C., Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indianapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call or text the Tennessee red line 800-889-9789, Tennessee. Or call 1-888-777-9696 in Missouri or 1-800-547-6133 for Washington. That's 1-800-547-6133. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada. All right, that ends the Bet MGM segment for the week. Uh, now we have a little music bed here um, that was picked out by the wonderful... The always, the always wholesome, the always awesome. One of the nicest people you're ever going to meet in Beverly Hills. Andrew Themelis. <laughs> and then we're going to have a bonus episode of the uh, Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And uh, that'll be it. By the time you're done listening to this, I will be in Indianapolis smoking a cigar, eating some prime rib with some horseradish on that motherfucker. All right, I'll see you. fucking plane right i use my miles bump myself up like a fancy person you know maybe maybe i invented the cheesecake factory people are thinking and then they see how i'm dressed and they go oh no he didn't invent the cheesecake factory um and i go to go to sit down in my seat 
and I go to set my bag down. I was going to set it down right in front of me, and the nice fella sitting next to me goes, why don't you stick it in the middle? There's room. And he moved his bag out of the way. I'm like, all right, this guy's a solid dude or whatever. And then all of a sudden the waitress comes by, a stewardess, whatever. She comes by, um, flight attendant, whatever the fuck you're supposed to call him. She comes up, and she, uh, can I get you gentlemen a drink? And I was like, yeah, can I get a, let me get a water, please. Ice or no ice? What? However you make it. Stop acting like it's a fucking martini. It's all right. Just give me a water with ice. Thank you. Um, and the, the guy next to me, he orders a doer's neat. No ice. No nothing. Just put it in there. So they bring our drinks. All right. And I'm really thirsty. So I start sucking mine down and he just throws his back like it's nothing. Like fucking John Wayne, right before he's going to turn around and beat up three guys, three mustachioed guys in the 1930s, right? So um, I'm just sitting there and everybody's getting on the flight, you know, and I'm looking around at the passengers, you know, I'm fucking doing whatever I'm doing. And all of a sudden the guy next to me, Mr. Dewars, goes to me, uh, he goes, excuse me, he goes, are you afraid to fly? And I looked at him, I was like, what? He goes, are you afraid to fly? And I go, no. No, I'm not. And he goes, he goes, all right, but you know, it's, <clears throat> he goes, it's okay, you know, if, it's okay to tell me if you're afraid to fly. And it's immediately getting weird. And I'm like, no, I'm not afraid to fly. And then I'm thinking in my head, wait, is he afraid to fly? And that's why he's drinking the way he just drank? And now he's hoping that I'm going to be afraid to fly. So he, you know, he just wants to open up. That's what I'm thinking. And I, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not afraid to fly. And he won't leave it alone. He goes, all right, because, you know, you're, you're, you're fidgeting. You're looking around at other passengers. And I'm sitting there looking at the, like, is this guy fucking serious? And I go, no. I go, I'm not afraid to fly. So now I'm like, fuck this guy. I'm not talking to this guy for the rest of the flight. This guy's weird, man. It's like 30, just get paint the picture. He's like 32 year old, wiry, <clears throat> in shape, but like wiry white dude. He's got a scully cap on with fucking glasses. Um, <clears throat> you know. And uh, he goes, uh, like, there's like a minute of silence and people are still getting on the plane. And then he goes, Hey, sorry about that. Sorry. We, we just we just got off on the uh, wrong foot. He's like, my name's so-and-so. He goes, what's your name? And then I'm thinking in my head, like, what's my name? My name's Frank. I wanted to give him like a, but I just, some reason I just wanted, it's Bill. And he goes, oh, hey, Bill. And he goes, nice to meet you. So we shake hands. And I'm just looking at, I don't have any poker face. I'm looking at the guy like, what the fuck is your problem? I'm not even trying to not, I'm not trying to be pleasant. I'm already done with this guy. So then the guy goes, oh, hey, Bill. He goes, why are you going to Indianapolis, Bill? Right? Like, he's fucking interrogating me. And I, I'm i like, is this guy fucking serious? And I start doing the math in my head going, wait, is this guy like an air marshal or something? And I'm like, no, he's not. He's fucking slamming booze over here. Fuck this guy. So I just go, I go, look, I don't, I don't have to answer your questions. <laughs> That's it. And I just look straight forward. <clears throat> he goes, okay, now I'm concerned. Okay? I am concerned. And I'm looking at him like, concerned about what? He goes, you're fidgeting. You're, you, you have issues with other passengers and blah, 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 blah. He starts painting like, like this, like he's been 
I don't know what the fuck, like psychologically breaking me down. All right. So now at this, by this point, they've closed the fucking the door to the fuselage and we're starting to taxi. And I just finally look at the guy and I, and I go, I go, you know, I, I came up with the fight. One point I literally stick my hand out because he kept saying I was nervous and I stick my hand right in front of his face and I hold it level. Oh, that's what I did the first time. Yeah. I, I hold it level. I go, I'm not nervous. And he goes, well, anybody can do that. And that's when I was like, fuck this guy. I'm not talking to the guy. Sorry. Fuck this story up. Then, then, he, then he came back, got my name. Now he's going, why are you going to Indianapolis? And I finally look at him. I say, listen, pal, I'm drinking waters. You're drinking doers. Okay. There's no issue over here. And then he goes, it wasn't doers. What she gave me wasn't doers. Really? What was it? Some sort of spy juice? You fucking jerk off. This point, I want to punch him right through his fucking stupid wiry glasses, right? So he's going like, you look around hostiles, and I said something that just ticked him off. I was just, yeah, dude, I go, I don't have to answer your questions, all right? Leave me alone. And then he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, he starts going like, okay, now I am really concerned right now. He goes, why are you going to Indianapolis? And I just look at him, you know what I start doing? I start doing like this Ryan Gosling. You know that little smirk, that fucking Mona Lisa smile he has as he smirks his way through all his fucking movies? I, do, I go full-on Ryan Gosling. Now I'm not talking to this guy, and I just keep looking at him. And I give him that little half a smirk, and I just shake my head. That's my game now. That's, this is my game. It's like if you're going to be a dick right now with your fucking delusional authority, right, that you're going to like we're in fucking Guantanamo, and you're going to waterboard me. Huh? There's no water. There's no board. Go fuck yourself. Here's my smirk. And I'm just going to shake my head at you like you're a fucking pathetic human being. This is what I'm doing. Right. And this is the funny thing. I'm such a dick. All I have to say to the guy is I'm a comedian. I'm going to do a sold out show there. And that would make him back off. But I'm a dick. I'm like, fuck this guy. I want to see where this is going. So now he's all fucking amped up and he starts dropping F. You know, he's saying the F word. He's sitting there going, if you don't. He goes, if you don't fucking answer my question right fucking now, I am going to hit that call button. We're sitting there taxiing down the fucking, getting in the line. I'm going to fucking hit this fucking button if you blah, 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 blah. And I'm just fucking Mona Lisa smile, smirking, just shaking my head like you are a fucking retard, right? So now he's, he's saying the F word so much. The lady who's sitting in front of me, diagonally in front, right in front of him, turns around and looks at us. And now my heart's racing. I'm like, where's this going? This is going to be great. I am 100% fucking innocent. This guy's drunk. And I think he's going to hit that button. Oh, I got a feeling he's going to hit that button. What's going to happen, right? I want to see what the pilot looks like. Let's see where the fuck this is going, right? So he goes, if you don't fuck, you know, he starts, he starts bringing his hand up to the button going, I'm going to hit that button. You don't think I'll fucking do it? I'll hit that button. And I'm sitting there smirking at him, thinking in my head, go ahead, hit the fucking button. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, right? So finally, now he wants to hit the button, and he can't fucking find it. And it's in, in defense of him, I couldn't find it either. I was looking up there. I half wanted to hit it myself. Then he finally, he finally finds it, and he hits it. Boom, right? And now I'm just like, holy shit, what's going to happen? And he's sitting there going, yeah, huh? You want to fucking play this game? You want to fucking play this game? And I was surprised. I mean, it took like fucking like 30 seconds before a flight attendant the one who gave him the booze, which evidently wasn't booze, comes over. And at this point, we're like doing that shit where we're behind a plane. We're almost ready to take off. Like we're pulling up and then stopping, pulling up, and then stopping as planes are taking off. 
So she goes, yeah, what's the problem over here? And he goes, uh, I'm not comfortable to fly with this guy. This guy, he's fidgeting. He's looking around at other fucking people, blah, 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 blah. He's doing all this thing, right? And then the stewardess looks at me, and I'm just sitting there fucking, my little smirk, just shaking my head. And I'm just looking at this dude, just shaking my head like this guy's out of his fucking mind. I don't say a word. And this guy goes on and on and on about his fucking psycho babble about how I'm this security risk. So she goes to, so she goes, okay, um, any other passengers? Have you noticed anything? She's talking to everybody first class at this point. <laughs> Has anybody noticed anything odd about this guy? And the lady who was sitting right in front of the dude diagonally from me, Turns around, she goes, yeah, I've been listening to this guy berating this other passenger. She's on my side. And I haven't said a fucking word. This is great. And I'm just sitting there, smirking. Then the stewardess looks at me, and I shrug my shoulders like, I don't know what to tell you. So finally she said, sir, do you have anything to add to this? And I just said, look, I'm just a guy trying to go to Indianapolis this guy over here, he starts slamming his doors. I kind of felt like a rat when I said that. I go, he's slamming his doors. Next thing you know, he's dropping the F-bomb to me. Then I'm thinking, oh, fuck. I just said bomb, right? Fortunately, nothing happens. So now another fucking, the male stewardess comes over, right? Now he's going like, what's going on? And the captain of the fucking, now at this point, we've pulled over and the plane has stopped. 250 people trying to get to Indianapolis and jerk off over here who can't hold this fucking alcohol who just watched a uh, person of interest every, every, I guess, evidently. I have no fucking idea. Now the plane is stopped. This fucking jerk off has stopped the plane. Interrogating a goddamn comedian like I'm in the fucking Taliban and like he works for the CIA, right? So now we're just sitting there. <laughs> And the captain is up front in the plane, like, saying to the stewardess, is going, basically relaying, do I really have to fucking come back there? This is the last flight of the night. Is there really a goddamn problem? And that was the vibe. And they finally said to the douche sitting next to me, are you going to be okay to fly with him? And at that point, it appeased his fucking ego that he was somehow in control. And he goes like, you know what? Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So they go, okay. So now the plane's going again. And now, we're, now we fucking come around, and he's sitting there fucking, he's in my ear. And at this point, I am laughing. Like the fucking laugh you hear me doing the podcast. That's what I'm doing. And he's sitting there going, oh, I, I, he goes, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad you, st- I, I hope you fucking do. I hope you fucking try something. I hope you fucking try something when we're up there. I really hope you fucking try something. And I'm just fucking like gut busting, laughing, shaking. Like, what are you going to fucking do to me? What are you going to do to me? Huh? Are you going to punch me in the face, you fucking wiry jackass? With your fucking glasses on? You know? That's a federal offense. You're going to go to jail if you do that or something. I don't know what, right? So I'm just sitting there fucking laughing at the guy going, I actually, at one point, I put my fucking little eye pillow thing on. You know, like I'm going to sleep. Oh, I had that out too when the stewardess was talking to me. I was like putting it on as this total mind fuck. Like, I, I don't know what this guy is. I'm just trying to go to Indianapolis. I'm going to sleep. And um, so I got I got my fucking eye thing on, right? As he's sitting there threatening me. Just I was going total passive aggressive. It's like, dude, I'm so not concerned with you. I'm literally putting a blindfold on. All right? So this fucking guy, he starts going, 
He goes, yeah. He goes, you think you fucking won this? You think you fucking won this? He goes, my, you know who my dad is? My dad, he started saying his dad's some major CEO in Indianapolis. Doesn't it sound like a fucking made-up story? I swear to God, this is all true. He goes, my, my dad is some, a major CEO in Indianapolis, and I will have you fucking arrested. And the lady turns around again. I will have you fucking arrested the second we get on the ground. I'm thinking, like, for what? For what? Sitting here, you fucking loser. Learn how to hold your alcohol. Right? And he starts describing the view that I'm going to have when I go to jail, like some fucking Law and Order episode. Oh, you're going to love it. You'll be able to see Lucas Oilfield and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just sitting there cracking up laughing. And then there's this pause, right? And I'm thinking, finally, he finally shut the fuck up. It's like a three, four minute pause. He finally just gave up because I wasn't giving him anything. I was just laughing and shaking my head. I was being a dick to him. I was because I was enjoying it. And then there was like a three-minute pause. And then all of a sudden he just goes, Why are you going to Indianapolis, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> so we're like 20 minutes into the flight. And I got to be honest with you, my adrenaline was so going during all of that. Because I knew I didn't do anything wrong. But I thought we were literally going to go back. And there was going to be fucking cops there. And like if if... if if the fucking stewardess or the pilot asks me who I am and where I'm going, I'm going to tell them. I respect your authority. You're just some je- I don't. You don't have any fucking authority. I don't have to answer your questions. It was, pro- it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had with another human being. Like when somebody thinks that they have power and you know they don't and all they can do is try just keep bluffing and raising their voice and start cursing at you. And if you just start laughing at them, the look on their face is fucking priceless. So the last thing he said, he said, why are you going to Indianapolis, Bill? Right? And I fucking started howling, just fucking holding my stomach, shaking my head. And with my fucking eye pillow thing on, right? And... I know I'm going to get a ton of shit that I wear one of those. I, they're fucking underrated. Get the one at Brookstone where it's literally a pillow. I'm telling you, you could fall asleep 12 noon facing the sun. It's awesome. So anyways, like after he, he asked me, what, what, you know, where are you going, Bill? It was, like, it was like a 10 minute, like probably 10 minutes had gone by. And I can't fucking sleep because it's so funny to me. I can't wait to tell the story to every comic I know. I can't wait to try it on stage to see if it's funny or whatever. Uh, so finally, I just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Maybe I'll just get on my computer. And I bring up my eye pillow. And I like, I got to look at the guy because I know he's fucking staring at me, waiting for me to do something, right? So I lift it up. I get my fucking Mona Lisa smile going. And I look over at the guy. And dude, he is fucking passed out. <laughs> he looked like he got shot. He was sitting there like his head was just hanging straight down. And anytime the plane moved, like his head was, I mean, he looked like he got knocked out. And for the rest of the fucking flight, old fucking, uh, oh, what's Matt Damon's character? Jack Ryan, old fucking Jack Ryan over here is just, you know, the sky marshal, the fucking booze bag. And God knows what else he was on. He was just completely out, passed out. For the rest of the fucking flight. And this is how much a dick I am. I was having so much fun with this guy. I start, I can't sleep. So I start slamming waters. 
because I want to have to get up and take a piss just to see if this guy's going to freak out because this security risk is getting up. And this, the joke was on me. He never regained consciousness. And then I really had to take a piss, but I'm such a stubborn fuck. I was holding it because I wanted to make sure he was awake when I got up because I was going to give him a little smirk and then I was going to get up <laughs> see if he hit the call button again. Um, but he didn't. He didn't wake up till we, we hit the ground. And, um, and then it's funny. Then he woke up and it was like four hours later. So now he had kind of slept off whatever the fuck this guy was on. And I'm sitting there smirking, waiting for the guy to start talking. I mean, he won't look at me. And I, I, and I think at that point he kind of fucking realized that maybe he got a little, uh, a little extra, a little too patriotic. So we stop. We stop at the gate and everything, and we're going to get up. So I grab my shit. I get up, and I'm just kind of looking at him, and he won't look at me. And then the lady who was sitting in front of me had this big smile on her face. She goes, "How you?" She goes, "How you doing?" And I went, "Good." I go, "That." I go, "That was an interesting one." And I said it really loud so the guy heard, and he didn't say anything. And t this is what he did to try to save face. His pillow was kind of stuck behind. Was kind of stuck behind his shoulder in like a weird place. So he was frustrated with it. So he, he ripped it out from behind him and kind of threw it down on the floor and went, Ugh. like, <laughs> try to do some caveman grunt to try to still have some sort of, uh, I don't know what. So, so that was my flight to Indianapolis, people. Um, you know what? How, how far into the fucking podcast are we? That was a long, that was a long fucking story. for Monday, December 16th, 2013, and I am recording here on, uh, it's actually December 17th, uh, finally back from Europe, uh, apologize for the podcast being so late, but um, I was in Iceland, and when the fuck am I ever going to be there again, so I had to do some shit Sunday, and then Monday I was flying all the way back, and uh, I'm actually not that jet-lagged. It worked out nice. I tried, and I tried to, st I tried to stay up on the plane, try to stay awake as long as I could for most of the flight because I knew that I was landing um, at 7 p.m. L.A. time, 7:25 or something. So I figured if I could just fucking stay up, you know, Nia picks me up at the airport. I just get my ass home, and then if I fall asleep, it'll be like nine, ten o'clock at night, and I'm back on the clock, and it worked out good. I woke up right. Boo -doo 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 -doo. And I looked at the clock, wah, 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 and I wondered what the fuck time it was. I thought it was like two-something in the morning because my clock had fell off the bed there, the digital one there that I've had since the fucking 70s there. And uh, I thought it said 2.30 in the morning. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I thought I, I thought I did it right. And uh, then all of a sudden it was 6 o'clock, and I realized the clock was upside down, and that was 5.30. Is this even remotely exciting? I don't know if it is or not. I'm trying to keep my voice down because the lovely Nia is still sleeping upstairs. Beautiful angel that she is. And uh, I've got my dog down here. I'm psyched. Going to go hiking today. 
get back into it. I swear to God, I don't have the nerve to step on the goddamn scale, all right? And if I sound like some skinny bitch, well, fuck you. I'm in this business, and I read your tweets, and I see when you see my face. You start calling me a fat cunt, all right? And I got to tell you, it hurts sometimes, all right? No, seriously. No, I'm vain. You got to be if you're in this business. So I, I think I, I put on at least 10, 12 pounds. I started eating like a fucking goddamn Roman god <laughs> three weeks ago in Italy, and it never, it never stopped. I kept thinking to myself, like, all right, when uh, when the tour starts, when the tour starts, I'm going to be fucking good. I'm going to be disciplined, but it just didn't work out that way. It was, um, you know, I, this past week, I, I just, uh, I think I mentioned it last week, I did a seven-country, seven-city run in, uh, what was it, six cities, London, Dublin, Helsinki, Copenhagen, Oslo, Sweden. Okay, six, but I did two nights in London, so it was seven nights in a row. Um, basically touring like a band, how they do it. And I have a whole new respect for anybody that's touring as a band. Um, that was hard enough to do by myself with no equipment. I don't have to bring anything. I just fucking show up, mic in a mic stand, go up to the microphone. I love when they want to go, you want to do a sound check? It's like, well, did it sound okay when you talked into it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. What am I going to do? Go up there. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Cunt, cunt, cunt. You know? So, anyways, uh, I lost another mixer on this fucking trip. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Oh, red face is a dumb fuck. Uh, there's something about these $100 mixers, believe it or not. They don't have any sort of, uh, I don't know, something to prevent the surge. I don't know what it is because I had the adapter. Um, or the converter, I should say. Convert? No, the adapter. I forget what. That fucking guy in Helsinki dressed me down two years ago. And it is not a converter. It is an adapter. You are not converting the electricity. You are adapting it with your devices. Yes. Oh, fuck you, Hans. Um, uh, what's, a, what's a good Swedish name? I don't Or fin, Finnish name. I have no fucking idea. Um, this podcast is going to be all over the map. I apologize one more time for the uh, the sound quality here. Um, you know, my mixer's shit to bed. I just discovered that. So, uh, But the good thing is the All Things Comedy Network's new studios are up and running. And um, hopefully uh, I have a nice surprise guest that I'm going to try to be interviewing. He's got a big movie coming up. Look at me teasing it, teasing it, tickling you with it. Uh, but I don't want to say that he's going to be on it because I know he's fucking busy doing press for it. But uh, I ran into him when I was in Dublin, which was the greatest fucking thing ever. Him and his friends were fucking hyping the movie, and I was in Dublin, and we just went out and fucking drank and sang Christmas songs. It was fucking awesome. Such a great tour. And, uh, yeah, at the risk of being corny, I got to tell you, at one point I was doing the second show in Finland, and I, I had this feeling when I was on stage that I was doing exactly what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing in life. I can't explain it. There's something about making people laugh that far away from where uh, where you live and where you speak a language. And if you're still connecting, that, that's pretty much a, about as great an affirmation that, you know, I'm really 
I'm supposed to be doing. If this shit is still working <clears throat> this far away. Um, oh, what a fucking week. What a week. I got to tell you something right now. I did a show in Dublin, Ireland. And all the crowds were great. But I got to tell you, those fucking people in Ireland are the funniest. They're, I can't even explain... I swear, well, there's something about, like, when I go through Great Britain and Ireland, it's like Scotland and Ireland, they're like the knuckleheads that I grew up with. And when I go to London, London is like, was is kind of like all the people that I met when I went to New York that were from Boston. So they, they did move away from where they were from, but they still brought that thing with them because people in London are hilarious. But I was doing a show, Dublin, on Monday night. At the the, the Vicar, Vicar Street Theater or something. Just this awesome venue. By the way, Jim Gaffigan's going to be there. If any of you Irish cunts are listening to this, you got to go see him. I was supposed to tweet about that. I'm going to do that today. Um, the hilarious Jim Gaffigan's going to be there. Um, and uh, anyway, so it was, it was on a Monday night. And it's a really hard night to try and sell tickets. And these people showed up in force. And I can't even tell you how... They, they they were fucking hilarious. Like I was on stage and there was this thing I was talking about, about people hugging their kids and how that could is a good thing. But if you do it too much, you could potentially make them weaker. So I mentioned, and all, I've been telling this story for like six to eight months. And I've been saying how that, you know, my mother wasn't a hug, hugger and didn't hug us when we were kids. And people just listen, and it's just a small detail that leads to this other part that I want to talk about. So I've said that line uneventfully, that's even a fucking word, with, with no, no issue whatsoever for like six months. Now I'm in fucking Ireland, and I just throw that line out there like I'm not even thinking about it. And say, yeah, I said, you know, my mother didn't hug me when I was a kid. And I'm, I'm getting ready to say the next sentence. And like 15% of the crowd goes, aww. <laughs> I'm not even doing it the way they did it. Just collectively broke my ball. It was just such the classic fucking, it was like that Boston Irish thing that I grew up with distilled to its purest form with actually real Irish people where I, you'd almost have to be there to fucking understand what was behind it. It was like I opened the emotional door just a crack. And automatically, it's just they just bust your balls about it. Like, ah, you fucking, you know, what? Like, you think they, I think we got hugs? You freckled cunt, shut the fuck up and tell the joke. I can't even, it just. I, I, I've been trying to, I would try to explain it to Nia. She laughed, but still, yeah, you kind of had to be there. And then, you know, so I laughed. I was like, I'm not fucking trying to get your sympathy. I'm trying to get to this mess, next part, you assholes. And the whole crowd fucking laughs. And then like a half hour later, what I had done when I was over there was I bought a bunch of DVDs with me. Um, like just the, uh, basically the DVD itself with this little paper thing and I was just handing them out to people because I'm trying to get them to show other people you know when I'm out there so I can keep coming back basically trying to get them to uh, spread the word of my comedy and then someone's just like well why don't you just put it on Spotify you dumb fuck and I'm like because ah, I'm old alright I feel like I have to bring the hard copy so I tell these assholes that I'm giving them free DVDs at the end of the show 
I'm halfway through that spiel, telling them that they're getting a free DVD. All right? And, and I'm in the middle of it, and I hear this guy in the back of the crowd goes, Oh, fuck off! <laughs> I don't even think I didn't even explained what I was doing. I don't know if I had gotten to the part where they were free. I don't know what the fuck, or it was the fact that I was trying to once again go to a nice place where, hey, you know, I really appreciate you guys coming out. This really means a lot to me, and I want to keep coming back here because I think you got a great com- country or whatever. And I just just opening the door that much. Oh fuck off! So I finally just looked at him. I went, Jesus Christ! They were already laughing. I was like, you know what? I've played in twenty, almost twenty-two years as a comedian. I have played in front of some miserable motherfuckers but you guys and they were already laughing are the most miserable fucking cunts i've ever been and they loved it absolutely loved it and um it killed me that i couldn't go out drinking with the crowd because i had to fucking go uh had an early flight of course all the way over to helsinki but um and it was just kind of those moments all the way through the tour that were unreal like uh in helsinki i hope i'm not boring you guys with this shit but um, in Helsinki, I did two shows, and the first show I went out, and I just like felt like I couldn't get on a roll for like a lot of the show. Like I'd, I'd get laughs, and then it would stop. I would get laughs, and then it would stop. And I was like, and 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 it got to the point. Like there was there was one point in the first show that something I said bombed so hard that I almost got a little depressed, and I definitely thought. Because in my head, some I was thinking about, like, wow, I think I've reached the limits to where my act works. Once I get on the other side of the Baltic Sea, and you really feel that. When you get on the other side of the Baltic Sea, you get that feeling like, you know, where I'm not in Europe anymore. <laughs> You're starting to feel like I am heading towards the Soviet Union. Um, even though, you know, a good what? 20% of that country is in Europe. You just get this. I can't explain it. You're definitely, you're in Eastern Europe. You're starting to get like that Baltic Slavic fucking vibe. And, and um, I had to use all these tricks that I've learned as a comedian over the years to basically stop the, uh, I don't know what, the, the proverbial comedy jet from going into a spin and, you know, crashing into the ground. I just committed harder. I started... Um, improv and after trying to tag every joke with something new something to get me present um and i was able to i still had a good show and everything and i know they had a good time but i was thinking in my head like man this guy wanted me to go to estonia which is basically like a fucking 50 minute boat ride from uh finland and i was thinking like there's no fucking way i'm going there i think i've reached the end and then something happened during the second show where I was talking about getting a gun and how I like this one gun because it was quieter and those bigger ones are too fucking loud and if you pull the trigger, you're going to fucking destroy your ears. And they're laughing and shit. And then as I come to the end of the joke, you know, they laughed and then it was kind of quiet. And then some guy in the crowd yelled out, you know, get a silencer. And I was like, well, silencers are illegal where I'm at. I know in Jacksonville, Florida, they're legal because I use them. But they're illegal where I'm at. They basically say that, you know, I want to murder somebody and I don't want anybody to know um, in the next room. And then it just dawned on me. And I was like, 
I, I, I just, I've been in front of really smart crowds before, and they laugh and shut up and laugh and shut up. These fucking guys, the people were so smart. They were sitting there. They were trying to solve the problem of the joke. They're laughing at the joke while coming up with solutions. So I finally said to him, I said, listen, I was like, is this what you guys are doing? All right. I'm like, this isn't a, this isn't a fucking think tank. It's just a comedy show. And then I somehow connected with them in that moment. And then I had them for the rest of the way. And I just started riffing on that. Anytime a joke would only do okay, I would just start riffing on like the solution to whatever the joke was. And that got him back in it. And I was able to get on a, uh, get on a roll with them and um it was just kind of that all all week dude and i was oh my god fucking helsinki i watched the sun go down at like 3 30 in the afternoon from my hotel oh i think by the time i got there that's right by the time i got to helsinki because i had to connect in london at afro um which by the way is um if you ever have to go to heathrow airport i would suggest doing two hours of yoga before you get there, it is a unbelievable test of your patience, of your cardio, your sanity, and it's fucking, and I, of course, you know me, I failed miserably. I lose my shit at LAX. Um, put it this way, if you, if you can avoid, if you ever go to Europe, here's a travel tip for you, and you could avoid connecting. If you're not going to London, I would hi- highly recommend not connecting in London because you know, it's not like connecting in other other. I've never had to f- you get off. You got to run through a whole terminal and then wait for a bus that isn't coming for seven minutes. And then by the time the bus comes, there's so many fucking people or there's already too many people. You got to wait for the next bus in another seven minutes. You finally get on that fucking thing. I mean, it is a shit show. Um, Oh, and by the way, if anybody lights up a cigarette, it's going to be too foggy for anything to land. So you're going to be delayed wherever the hell you're at. Uh, I went through that fucking thing like three times. Um, it, it's still still an, it's an incredible airport. It's still it's just the sheer size of it you have to respect. But I have to tell you, give yourself plenty of time, if you can, to connect. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fucking nightmare. Um, I don't know what. So where the hell did I go from there? I think I went to Copenhagen after that. Copenhagen, yep. I did a show there that was fucking amazing. And uh, I, I got you guys got to forgive me all the comedians that I work with because I, I went night after night after night after night, and uh, you guys had some pretty crazy names. Uh, I think this guy's name was was it Christian or something like that? I can't remember. Really, really smart guy, really cool guy, and gave me a bunch of tags for jokes, and they were actually really funny. A lot of times when somebody does that, uh, they're fucking horrific, but uh, and you got to sit there smiling like, yeah, you know, I'm going to try that. His were actually great. Um, <clears throat> uh, so what else? What else? What else? Ah, um, oh, fuck. You know what? I just realized I left it upstairs when I was in Iceland. One of the two comedians that opened up for me, both of them were great. Couldn't understand what the fuck they were saying, but uh, one of them gave me a book. I'm gonna hit pause and I'm gonna go upstairs and get it. If you guys like, you know, like those, you know, like those those cartoon strips, like The Far Side, where it's just a picture and they write something funny. All right, well, if you like something absolutely just completely sick and twisted, I just set down the recorder. Hang on, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look it up right now.
I got to find this because it's fucking hilarious. I mean, he was killing, like, all the comics I was with, we would just, after we, we did the show, we went to dinner and we were uh, passing the book around laughing our asses off. Let's see. I hate dolphins. There it is. I hate dolphins. Uh, book. Where the fuck is it? Come on, man. It came up. I saw when it came up. Hold on. I mean, one one of his uh, one of his cartoons. There it is. One of his cartoons has a stick figure. They're like stick figures drawings, and he's running. It's a it's a father running after his kids with his like acoustic guitar over his head and screaming, uh, "It's your fault." I'm not a rock star. And then one of the little kids running away is going, Daddy, no. <laughs> and it's just... Another one is you got two guys are standing over another stick figure that's laying on the ground and it looks like it's just blown its brains out. And one of the stick figures looks at the other and goes, uh, something like, you want to fuck him? <laughs> It's just the darkest, sickest shit. He's got two books. His other one's called something like My Pussy's Hungry. I don't know what it is. This guy, I don't know how to say his fucking name. It's just search. Uh, I hate dolphins. And the comedian's name, it's Huglicur. I don't know. Huglicur Dogson. And it's spelled H-U-G-L-E-I-K-U-R. And his last name is D-A-G-S-S-O-N-M. Man, this fucking book is hilarious. Half the shit that's funny is you look at it, you laugh, and then you hand it to your friend, and he's looking at it. His, you know, you read what it says, and you've got to kind of look at the picture and put it together. So watching your friend taking in the joke is, is, is I think it's even more enjoyable. But um, he was fucking funny, man. He broke my balls when he brought me up, like switched into English and uh, I forget. I can't remember what the fuck he was saying. It was just great. And the guy who came on before him was also awesome. They're just really, really funny people. Dude, Iceland is insane. Do you know they have an app over there that basically when you meet somebody and you want to start dating them, you just search it and you see how you're related. It'll show how you're related. I'm going to say that again. They have an app over there. You meet a woman in a bar or a woman meets a guy or whatever. A couple of twinkle toes meet each other there. Um, you fucking, you just, uh, there's an app that will say not if you're related, how you're related. Because everybody there is fucking related. Um, and you know what's funny? They're absolutely, they're fucking great looking people. So I think they spread it out far and wide. Oh, they, they actually, the, the cab drivers over there have a joke in Iceland. Um, and people in Great Britain and Ireland aren't going to like this. They basically said, because people always talk about how beautiful the women are. And they said, well, basically the Vikings, when they would conquer other people, they would just take all their good-looking look, good women and they would take them away with them. Um, talk about the ultimate defeat. 
Um, yeah, take my farmland. I don't give a shit. You take all the beautiful women. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Just kill me now. So they're saying that they, they took them all out of <laughs> Great Britain, took them out of England, Scotland, Wales, and uh, Ireland, and they took them all to Iceland, and that's why their women are so much better looking and that there's no good-looking women in the other one, which isn't true, but of course they say that, but it's fucking hilarious. Um, and also they fucking eat everything because they live on an island. So when you go to the menu, um, they had pigeon on the menu, but I think that that's their word for dove. Um, a buddy of mine, he ordered it. And I had a piece of it. it. tasted all right. little fucking gamey. And then they also had whale. And that was the only thing that I didn't like about Iceland was there's a number of restaurants that you went into and you could actually eat whale, which to me is like eating an elephant. You know what I mean? There's just certain animals, um, you know, like, look, if they had like a jackal sandwich or a fucking hyena sandwich, you know, there's certain animals where you're just like, you know what, you're a cunt, all right, or, or there's enough of you. Like, I'll eat venison, I don't give a fuck. You know, there's plenty of goddamn deer running around with their diseased ticks, okay, fucking up the front ends of a bunch of cars. I don't give a shit about that, but whales, I mean, they're like endangered. They must not be in danger because, or at least Iceland doesn't give a fuck. I don't really understand how that works, but um, you could actually eat whale. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, that, that was the only thing that, that upset me when I, was, uh, when I was in Iceland. Iceland is fucking unbelievable. Uh, you walk around, and I, I recommend going in the wintertime. Don't go in the summer when there's a bunch of people with jean shorts walking around. Fuck that. You go in the summertime and uh, they got this thing, the Blue Lagoon Spa there that you go into. It's, it's fuck. I'm, I can't even describe it, dude. It's fucking insane. You're in this fucking giant salt water like pool that's heated. There's steam coming off it. You're surrounded by snow and everything just looks blue. It's like you have on those, uh, someone was saying, uh, Mitch Hedberg, rest his soul, those blue-tinted sunglasses that he used to wear. It's like you're wearing those fucking things. Um, I don't know. It was an absolutely amazing, amazing, fucking amazing uh, trip. Uh, I had a great time in Sweden. I just don't want to leave any city out here. Sweden, I performed in this, this theater. Uh, it almost looked like a, you were in like a, a, a circus tent. But it was a theater. Like you, you, when you looked out, you felt like you were standing in the middle. But it was like because it was like in the round, but not totally. It was like a semicircle kind of thing. Um, and Oslo. Oslo was the place I spent the, the least amount of time. But I, I just had a great time. Smoked a fucking Cuban cigar. That's another great thing. Cubans are legal. And um, there are ways to get them back in the country. Wink, wink. Um <laughs> Let's just say that daddy's going to be fucking drinking a lot of scotch over the next month. Um, and it's also a great thing, too, if you got buddies who smoke cigars. Yeah, you sneak some in for them. Um, or maybe you don't. You allegedly do it. All right, this is the Monday Morning Podcast. Um, all right, let's get into the advertising for this week. All right, the Mangrate system. Mangrate, everybody. This season, think the Mangrate. What is the man great, you ask? Or maybe you didn't, but you're happy that I just asked that question for you. They are 100% made in America. America. Cast iron grilling grates that are revolutionizing the way people grill. 
Named one of 2012's best grilling accessories by Men's Health magazine, Mangrates are the perfect gift this holiday season. Click on the Mang, click on the Mangrate banner at BillBird.com for their 19.99 holiday special. Remember, each Monday morning podcast order comes with a heavy-duty grilling brush. Again, that's the Mangrate grill enhancement system. Order today at BillBird.com. Somebody was bitching about the shipping on these things going, you know, it's actually not nineteen ninety nine, it's more like thirty five bucks. It's like, dude, it's a hundred percent cast iron grilling grates. That's gonna make your dad or your brother, whoever else is into grilling, make their steaks taste fucking delicious forever. Okay? You can't kick in an extra fifteen bucks to ship the fucking thing and you get a grilling br- brush? Jesus Christ. You know what? I don't know what it is in the Chinese New Year, but I think this year, this was the year of the whiny cunt. Um, all right. All right. What do we got here? Dollar Shave Club, everyone. For a couple of bucks a month, dollarshaveclub.com delivers amazing quality razors right to your door. Not only does it save you a ton of cash, it saves you from trudging to the drugstore for a pack of blades. Um, I always tell you guys, I always get stuck behind either the person coming in to buy, you know, 12 cases of beer or I get stuck behind the old lady. An old guy that, you know, want to get ice cream and develop film and all that crap, right? And they got 20 registers and only one is open, you know, because they're trying to exploit new revenue streams. You know the deal. Um, You don't have to deal with that because now with Dollar Shave Club for a couple of bucks a month, amazing quality razor blades are delivered right to your damn door. That's right. No more wasting time and no more getting hit up for like 20 bucks every time you buy razors. Everybody here is getting their Dollar Shave Club blades and you should too. And here's a genius idea. Try replacing your old shaving cream with Dr. Kava's Easy Shave Butter from dollarshaveclub.com. Trust me, your face will thank you later. Um, Don't waste time at the drugstore behind the lady paying in pennies. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr or go to billbird.com and click on the Dollar Shave Club banner. Uh, Keep your stress level low and your bank account balance high. Shave time, shave money. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr. What do we got there left? We got two more left. All right, we'll do some more podcasting, and then I'll get back to that. So um, is there anything else I can tell you guys about? um, Oh, here's here's a good one for jet lag. I like to uh, fly at night. Leave wherever you're going. Like if you're flying east to west, if you fly around 3, 4 in the afternoon, that's also the sweet spot at the airport, by the way, because then you're coming around 2. One, two o'clock in the afternoon. And for the most part, people, wherever they're staying, they either want to get the fuck out of there or they want to try to stretch in another day. So they either, get, you know, fly between six in the morning to 10 or they start leaving around, you know, five or maybe seven because they want to skip the rush hour traffic. So that's a good time to go. And you're basically, you're flying in tonight. So it's easy to go to sleep. You can get eight hours. You're definitely going to be jet lagged when you get to Europe. But coming back, um, when did I leave? Oh, yeah, you know what sucked? The only thing that sucked when I was coming back was I was in Iceland. So I'm halfway across the Atlantic, the Atlantic Ocean. and But it was like a zillion dollars and way more miles than I had to try to get a nice business class seat um, straight to L.A. So I had to fly back to fucking Afrow connected in row and um, I was getting off Icelandic air and switching to Virgin air 
So I had checked my bag and I had to fucking go to baggage claim. I had to go through customs, go down and get the fucking bag and then do the bus thing to the this thing to the that thing with the fucking bag. And dude, you want to hear about a whiny cunt cursing up a fucking storm. And then I ended up having plenty of time. I had plenty of time. I ended up drinking a couple of scotches there. And I talked to some woman who was from Poland. And I was saying, you know, I had some people come out to my shows in Poland, um, in uh, Copenhagen. I, I'd love to go there. And she's like, well, where do you want to go? And I was like, Warsaw. And she just shook her head. She said, hey, you don't want to go there. It's too, uh, too commercial. And she fucking broke down all of Poland for me. So I'm telling you guys, you got to do it. You got to do it. If you got the time or whatever, or make time. Fuck that. Even if you got kids, fuck it. All right? Fuck getting that second flat screen TV. Fuck their college education. It's going to be there. Okay, they're not going to get a college education because you spent fucking seven days in Europe one fucking time. One time you spent it there and you dropped them off with with the parents to watch them. That's great. They're going to get closer to your grandparents. You know, your parents will get to spend time with your kids and you'll get to go over there, get to see the world from a different perspective. You got to fucking do it. Uh, Highly recommend it. You can do it on the fucking cheap. You really can't. Just get your fucking asses over there and have yourself a salmon sandwich, all right? Um, I really hope as many people as, you know, fucking go. You know what's great? And I've, I've been reading when I was in Scotland. Some, I told you somebody gave me this book, David Lee Roth's book that came out in the late 90s, Crazy from the Heat. And I got to tell you, this is a fucking killer book, man. And what I love about it is he's not dishing a bunch of dirt about Van Halen and going, Eddie's a cunt and Michael Anthony and Alex and all that. He definitely takes a shot here or there, but he went through a real painful fucking thing with the ending of that. And God knows they trashed him enough, but a lot of it is he's describing what it's like to be on the road. And um, right now he's talking about the extensive travel that he's done. Talking about, he ended a tour in 83 with Van Halen in Argentina so he's with his security guy, Big Ed. Uh, not to be confused with Eddie Van Halen. This is a different guy, Big Ed. And he's like, well, you know, we kind of have to go past the uh, the Amazon to get back to uh, L.A. Why don't we go there? And Big Ed was like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to go to Africa. And David Lee's just like, all right, close enough, whatever. So they, and he talks about just like dropping a boat into the Amazon River and going fucking down the river, up the river, whatever he's doing, getting dysentery, feeling like he's going to die, having 12-second convulsions. Um, this is a fucking rock star. Who the hell does this shit, man? It's really, really amazing. And uh, when I put down the book this morning, he was about ready to go up. Uh, he was in the Himalayas, uh, going through the valley, approaching Mount Everest. Um he has this great theory of like, you know, because he's he's a night guy that he's seen all these great cities. He always brings his bicycle on tour and he rides a bike through the city at night. And he said, you really get to see the city and feel the spirits of the city. And I was thinking, fuck, man, I, maybe I told you this last week. He was like, I kind of had that moment when I was sitting there outside the Vatican. You got to fucking do it. You got to fucking do it. OK, and if some shithead like me who fucking flunked. Didn't flunk everything in high school, but I swear to God, I got C's, D's, and E's. They weren't called F's where I was from. Uh, it was a fucking... I told you this, this before. When I was a freshman in high school, I, I was going to go to Notre Dame and become a lawyer. And by the time I was a sophomore, I was like, well, maybe I'll get into roofing. That's how bad I did. Um, 
just completely shit the bed, the bed, like fucking fumbled the punt, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, yeah, it was awful. So, uh, so anyways, that's, that's my travel talk. All right. That gives all the people who hate sports. When I talk about, uh, when I talk about sports too much on the podcast, I gave you a break and, uh, I have no fucking idea what is going on in any sport other than hockey. Cause I got the Bruins app on my phone and, uh, I know they had a great West coast trip, got their asses kicked to them, uh, handed to them or asses kicked or asses handed to them or asses kicked to them. Is that a new one? I got my ass kicked to me. It's like they removed your ass and as your, then they walked across the street and then punted your ass back over to you because they felt so bad about the beatdown. There you go. There's a new one um, by the Vancouver Canucks. So it's funny. They're all giving me shit on Twitter um, doing that stupid this, 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 beating the Bruins 6-1 to one, priceless. So I don't know why you would say that to me. I'm like, well, uh, losing the first two games in the finals and coming back to win five out of the next six. Or five, uh, wait, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense, does it? Four out of the next five. Jesus Christ, Bill. There's my high school math again. Losing the first two and then coming back to win four of the last five in game seven in your fucking building. I think that's a little bit better to win a Stanley Cup. All right, so congratulations on your regular season win. And all you cunts out there who are giving me shit because the Patriots lost to the Dolphins. All you fantasy football playing fucking morons. Okay, who actually think that Brady's lost a step and, and are so fucking dumb. When it comes to watching sports and analyzing what the fuck's going on, because you get your nose half an inch away from the paper looking at numbers, uh, you better wake the fuck up because there's only like another week, I guess, of, of regular season football. Tom Brady is in the middle of one of his greatest seasons he's ever had. The fact that they have the record that they do with uh, the level of injuries and the shit that we, you know, people we lost to free agency, it's been fucking unreal. Like, somebody wrote me on Twitter, like, really? How, how the fuck do you lose to the Dolphins? It's like, well, first of all, it's easy. You, you score less points than they do. And second of all, whenever you, you play a division rival, they see you twice a year, every year. They know who you are. They know what the fuck you do. Um, if you're a gambler, if you ever want to bet on an upset, I would definitely say bet that the division rival, especially if they lost the first time, is at least going to cover, if not fucking beat them. It happens all the time. I don't know what sport you're fucking watching. And um, we have catastrophic fucking injuries on defense. I'm not making I, – actually, I am making excuses. But, like, um, what I'm really saying is that if I was in the States and I was watching the Patriots versus the Dolphins, there's no fucking way that I would just be like, oh, there's no way we're not going to win this game. Um, so, anyways, uh, that's all I know about what's going on in football. Um, I, st- I completely missed the Cleveland Browns game, I guess, where the Patriots got all those new age calls where it doesn't seem like it's football anymore. You know what I mean? Um, so anyways, uh, let's get on to some, let's get on some, oh, oh, and I got a new TV show. Whenever I go overseas and I'm jet lagged, I always put on Netflix and I get into something else or I buy a box set. I got into the killing. I don't know if anybody's watching that, but I am three episodes in and I'm watching every second of the series. Phenomenal series. Definitely. Not for the emotionally light. Uh, you don't want to deal with something that's it's pretty fucking heavy, and they do not pull any punches. They take, they walk you right through it, where you feel like you're living, living it. It's it's uh, amazing, fucking uh, 
amazing show so far. Phenomenal the way it's shot, the acting and all that type of shit. And I'm looking at it like, fuck, I'd love to be on a show like this. So who knows? I'm going to bug my agent today. Hey, can I, uh, can I play a body or something on that show? I'd love to be on it. Um, <clears throat> anyways, um, I want to thank everybody for ordering the podcast t-shirts. Uh, my t-shirt uh, slash podcast guy, Andrew Themelis, uh slash stand-up extraordinaire, who will also be at that New Year's Eve show at the Wiltern out here in Los Angeles. If you want to see the crew of knuckleheads that gets fucking hammered every year out on the golf course there going to the Rose Bowl, it's Andrew Themelis. Joe Bartnick, Jay Lawhead, Jason Lawhead, and myself. And there are very limited tickets left. So um, if you need a, uh, if your plans fell through, come on down. We'll make you laugh. And um, I don't know. I think we're going to stick around, do a countdown and all that. We're going to be boozing it up. Love to see you guys down there. But um, anyways, he was mentioning that I believe the podcast T-shirts are sold out at this point for the most part, except for some of the bigger sizes, I think. Um and if you have any problem with your order, the email to check in is uh, BillBurrMerch at gmail.com. All lowercase, BillBurrMerch, M-E-R-C-H at gmail.com. Uh, we take pride in getting this stuff out to you. I think Andrew's done a great job. Really, really killed it. Um, but let us know if you're having any problem. Um, you know? We, we are human beings. We do fuck up, but we don't want to fuck you over. So let us know if there's a problem as soon as possible, and we'll make it right. Okay? All right. Here we go. On to the questions. And the letters this week. Finland show. Hey, Bill, loved your show in Helsinki. Well, thank you. Um, I definitely pay to see you again. I don't know if it was just me. There were a few moments where I felt you worried about offending the audience or something. That's extremely hard to do. Yeah, see, you were probably there at the first show. I was feeling you guys out, man. And I think I also had that long flight from Dublin where I got I got delayed at AFRO, connected in AFRO. Um, and I literally landed and went right to the show. So I might have been just a tad off. He said, that's extremely hard to do uh, here. So next time, don't worry about any, any of that. The less you pull punches, the more you're going to get out of the audience in Finland. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for uh, reading from your playbook. Well, I think I figured you guys out, as I just mentioned in the story, uh, on the story, on the podcast, telling the, that story. Um, anyway, he goes, P.S. My ex-girlfriend was a ginger. She was a real cunt. Um, I didn't even know she was a ginger until I took her pants off. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, you know what it was, was I came out and I, I, it's just like, you guys are really fucking like, sorry, any comic who's going to play Finland over there. This, I mean, I can't say this is just my experience because it was my fucking jet lag, my act that I was doing and whatever the fuck was going on with me chemically. So I can't say that this is going to happen, but, uh, they're a fucking great crowd. And now this guy's saying that you can't offend them. You know what's great when you go through all of those? Um, I basically did all of uh, the Nordic countries. And I've told you guys this before. Scandinavia consists of Norway, uh, Sweden, and Denmark. And those three countries, that's Scandinavia. But within them, Scandinavia is part of the Nordic countries. 
and that includes all of Scandinavia, the three I just mentioned, and then Finland, Iceland, and I think they're called the Faroe Islands. That's the only place I didn't go, the Faroe Islands, which are like northwest of uh, Scotland. Um, but what's great when you go through all of that is, for the most part, <clears throat> it's predominantly Lutheran. Lutheran or Lutheran? I don't know how to say it properly. But they, and they basically believe that when you die, you're dead. You just go into the ground. And it's just like... And I say, well, don't you wonder, like, can you wrap your head around not existing? And they're like, yeah, it's just like before you were born. You don't remember that. It's the same thing. And because of that, they're really fucking logical, um, if that makes sense. If there's any comedian listening to this, I would basically describe, like, you ever do a college gig and you think you're bombing, but then you realize, oh, wait, these, this is a really smart school. <clears throat> and they just laugh in a different way. That's basically what uh, Helsinki was like. So uh, thanks for the heads up. I, I did have a great time. Um, <clears throat> and I hope those people on the first show had a good time too. I was, you know, I don't want to let people down, you know. I'll make sure I give them the whole fucking thing. And I, told, I made a rule that I wasn't going to bitch at all on this tour because I knew it was going to be brutal going from place to place to place to place every day fucking waking up, going to the airport, landing, and then trying to figure out how fuck making my jokes work. Um, so because I made the rule that I wasn't going to bitch, I only bitched like 30 times as opposed to like 3,000. Although if you counted each individual bitch going through AFRO, connecting an AFRO, um, then I probably bitched like 700 times. But I was compartmentalized, that's a word, to uh, Heathrow Airport um, <clears throat> for the most part. All right. Hey, Bill, love from Morocco. Um Bill, before I start, I just want to let you know that my sister and I attended your show in London last week. Uh, you did a great job, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you had the whole crowd and blah, 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 blah. But enough with the ass kicking. Okay, here's a little conspiracy theory for you. At the end of the show, we had a little argument about your ghost segment. Yeah, I don't believe in ghosts. He said, which was fucking hilarious to go through a place that doesn't believe that you go anywhere when you die. You know, when I was going through Scandinavia and the Nordic countries, because I'd be, I'd be like, usually when I say there's no ghosts, I don't believe in ghosts. There's someone in the crowd that's like, oh, no, you know, I believe in ghosts. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they were just sitting there in those other countries just like, yeah, yeah, why the fuck would you believe in ghosts? That's stupid. <laughs> so then he goes, he goes, remember when the your bottle fell off the stool? And the water spilled on stage. Yeah, I did this whole segment about how I don't believe in ghosts. And I remember when I went to set down my water bottle, for some reason, the cushion on the seat, it was sort of doing like the leaning tower of Pisa thing. So anyways, I finished the ghost bit and I was into some other jokes. And all of a sudden, it looks like the bottle tipped over by itself. One of those great stand-up moments where you, you can't plan it. It tipped over itself. And then... Uh, and I didn't realize that the crowd is reacting. And it, and it was like a full bottle. So it's just pouring out. Um, got all over the stage and everything. And then, of course, I riffed that it was actually a ghost. And that it's trying to electrocute me and all that type of shit. And, um, and it worked great. But anyways, he said, my sister think, thinks that was part of your act, the ghost thing. And there was no way you could be that good at improv. I better 50 pounds that it wasn't planned. Either way, it was beautifully done. Do you mind settling this for us? Yeah, no, it was not planned. Do you realize how cheesy that would be if you planned that? And also, not to kill 
the whole improv thing, it's really not that difficult to come up with some funny shit when water spills by itself after you just did a ghost thing. Um, it isn't, you know, and you don't realize how many times, I mean, you fucking improv, everybody's improving. When you walk and you're having a conversation, you're totally in the moment with somebody and you're, you're without realizing it because you understand language, you're listening and translating. And you're also, which is reminding you some other shit that you're thinking about that adds to where the conversation goes. Um, what it is, so everybody can do that. It's just when you get on stage, it's, it's, you're, you're going on stage, starting your career, and you're dealing with stage fright and forcing yourself to do this thing that scares the shit out of you, which causes you to think, which shuts down all of your improv abilities. But over the years, as you do it, you get more and more comfortable and you become as comfortable on stage as you are off stage. And then once again, you tap back into that power of improving that everyone in the crowd is already doing. Um, but, for, but it's just not defined as it. So that's, that's basically what it is. So no, that was not, that was a, uh, that was not planned. Um, I actually had another great one that I, when I was doing, uh, Another great moment, I should say. I sound like I'm patting myself in the back. I had another great uh, moment of improv when I took the mic stand and pretended it was a skinny woman um, and just yelled, eat something for an hour. No. Um, I was in Iceland when I walked on stage. They had a fucking giant Christmas tree just to the right of the stage, all lit up, looking beautifully. But I, I, so I, I went into this stupid thing where I was acting like it was stealing focus. And I was being a diva, and I refused to tell any more jokes until somebody fucking, one of you Reykjavik sons of bitches comes up here and takes this goddamn tree down. And I went on this whole long thing, and it just happened right at the beginning of the show. I just saw it, and I just, I don't know. I just fucking started talking about it, and it killed, and they loved it. And then later on in the act, I apologized to the tree. Like it was, you know, like I was in some abusive relationship with it. Like, hey, you know, I'm, listen, I'm sorry about what I said earlier. You know, I, you know, how I feel about you and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of went on this thing. Like, that's the most fun thing as a comedian was when you get comfortable enough to do that shit. Because I'm not going to lie to you. You get sick of telling your jokes. <laughs> um, but anyways, he finishes off. He says, also, I've been introducing you to my Moroccan friends over the years. And as soon as I can get 10,000 people to like you, I'll email you so that you, uh, so that you can come visit. Um, thanks and go fuck yourself. Well, you know what? Send a fucking email to uh, BillBurrMerch at gmail.com. And Andrew will hopefully get back to me. Maybe uh, I can figure out some fucking... Uh, I'll send you a pr some promotional, a promotional package or some shit. I'll send some of my, my wares over there. And uh, the only thing you got to do is hand them out to your friends, okay? That's it. All right. Um, where the fuck am I? Oh, there's the ending. Thanks and go fuck yourself. All right, you go fuck yourself too. All right, underage girl equation. All right, let's hope this doesn't get creepy again. Uh, Bill, longtime fan listener, caught a few shows. Glad you're kicking ass. Thank you. Uh, here's the important part. Here's the important part. Yeah, fuck my career. Exactly. Uh, to calculate acceptable age differences between partners, here's my rule of thumb. 
All right, for those of you who are just new to the podcast or haven't listened in the past couple of weeks because you have a life, um, lately, I don't, lately, I don't know what's been going on, but people have been sending me these fucking emails and uh, it's somehow it's like, yeah, you know, 27, my girlfriend's 19, we've been dating for six years and uh, it's like, wait a minute, wait, what the fuck? You know, it gets weird. So this is what he's re- uh, referring to. He goes, here's the important part. To calculate acceptable age differences between partners, here is my rule of thumb. Half your age plus seven. That's it. Works for everyone pretty much. If you're 22, half your age is 11 plus seven equals 18. Um, Dude, I got to say 22 to 18, that's still a huge age difference, but, but it is legal. It is legal. I don't know how you don't feel like fucking... Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused with that one, too. Because you're literally talking like, you know, you got a mustache by 22. Come on, man. She's 18, finishing up high school, and you've just wrapped college. That's a huge difference. But, you know, 26 to 22 is not a big deal. Um, anyways, but I, I like I like what you're saying. He said 18 is your cutoff. So, yeah, that does make sense. It is legal. He goes, if you're 80, half your age is 40, plus 7 is 47. Boom. There it is again. Reasonable differences regardless of age. Yeah, it depends on who you are in that one. I think I would rather be the 80-year-old. I feel like I'm stealing money at that point. But I like, I like what you, you come, uh, where you're coming from here. He goes, I'm not saying there aren't, ep- uh, there aren't anomalies out there for every situation. But for a simple guide to not being a pervy fuckbag, stick with the half plus seven rule. Uh, been meaning to share this with you for a while, but seeing as every week we seem to have a new douchebag trying to justify his perversion, well, it's time. Yeah, thank you. All right, there you go, people. Half your age plus seven. If it doesn't fucking work out, well, half your age plus seven and she's still 18 or older. Right? Because if you're 18, half your age is nine plus seven is 16. I mean, you're in trouble there. That's statutory rape. That still kind of works out good. I'm 16. Half my age is 8 plus 7 is 15. That fucking works. You're 12. Half your age is 6 plus 7. She's 13. You're fucking slaying it. I love this theory. I love this fucking theory. God damn it. That works. This son of a bitch. He's like Matt Damon in that fucking... uh, where he's got the mop and he's good at math. One flew over the cuckoo's nest, dazed and confused. Fucking, uh, I got to see about a girl. What the fuck is it called? Goodwill hunting. There you go. I shook it loose. Um, oh, you know what? I watched I watched a couple of movies. I watched all Boston guy movies. Mark Wahlberg. I watched the one with him and The Rock. I did fall asleep because I was trying to stay awake. That has nothing to do with the movie. I loved any movie about fucking weightlifting. It's got Mark Wahlberg in it, right? That takes me back to the 80s when nobody did squats and everybody just kept fucking, you know, doing upper body, upper body. Um, I got a friend of mine, comedian uh, in Boston, Wayne Previty, used to always talk about that, how back in the day nobody used to fucking do squats and then you just put on your puffy pants. You Zeke Cavaricis over there to try to make it look like you had thighs. <laughs> Vinny H. Um, 
so anyways, I watched that one, uh, whatever that movie was called. I never remember the names. Then I watched the, uh, the Matt Damon movie where he's in the future and they put that thing and that bionic shit around him. Fucking great movie. Just fuck. That's a, that's a great fucking movie. I, I stand by both of those. And also I watched a movie called, uh, called drinking buddies that, um, Jesus Christ. I never watched a movie. It was about dating and that type of thing. I never watched a movie where I felt like uh, I was kind of every guy in the movie. You know what I mean? Like the guy sneaking around, fucking around. The guy, the sap, taking back the girl that's fucked around. The guy who wants to commit but can't. The guy who's fucking not committing. The whole goddamn thing. Um, it was a really, I, I really enjoyed that movie. And it had, uh, who's it got in it? Olivia Wilde. Uh, Jake Johnson, who I fucking worked with on, um, oh, Jesus Christ, New Girl. I swear to God, man, I, I, can somebody send me some fish pills, whatever the fuck you're supposed to take? I can't remember anything. Uh, really enjoyable movie. Um, so whatever, there's my movie plugs for this week. What else do I got here? Uh, let's do some advertising here. Um, Hulu Plus, everybody. You probably tried Hulu.com. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Dude, I'm telling you, this right here is the future. Uh, Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and a selection of acclaimed movies on your television or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. And it streams in HD every time for the best viewing experience. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite current TV shows like Saturday Night Live, Community, and Family Guy. You can also check out exclusive content, including Hulu originals like The Awesome, starring SNL's Seth Meyers, who, by the way, has his own talk show coming out at the beginning of the new year. Look for that. And Moon Boy, starring Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids. Hulu Plus also offers a great selection of acclaimed films. For only $7.99 a month, you can stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. This really is the future, people. This is how you're going to watch TV. Um, right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's, for, that's a special offer for my listeners. Uh, make sure you use HuluPlus.com slash Bill um, so you get your extended free trial and that they know that everybody over here sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill now or click on the Hulu Plus banner on the podcast page at BillBird.com. Um, that is the future, my friends, especially if you travel. I don't know. You're in college. You don't, you're not going to be around a TV or over a friend's house. You're going home for the fucking holidays. It's just it's the greatest thing ever. Um, and last but not least, everybody. Um, oh, it is at least. we got three more here. Uh, two more. Sorry. E-Voice. The holidays are coming. And as a business owner, you know what that means. Crickets. Face it. Um, leading up to the holidays is the calm before the storm. Now's the time to do something that will dramatically help your 2014. eVoice. eVoice is the simple technology that helps you make more money. With eVoice's toll-free or local numbers, call routing tools, and a professional dial-by-name directory, your business will look like a million bucks. And with eVoice, if you, if you can't take a call, they will transcribe the voicemail and email it to you. You'll never get caught off guard again. eVoice has been helping uh, companies save thousands of dollars every month, making them more efficient and more productive. There's no quicker or easier way to transfer your business in, for 2014. And with eVoice, you can try it before you buy it. Jesus Christ, can these guys make it any easier? Right now, you can, you, you can slow it down, Bill. Right now, you can get a 30-day trial 
to eVoice when you go to eVoice.com slash Bill Burr or go to BillBurr.com and click on the eVoice banner. That's on the podcast page, by the way. Uh, that's eVoice.com slash Bill Burr or BillBurr.com and click on the eVoice banner. Uh, now's the time to take charge of your business and prepare for a, prepare for a productive 2014. Once again, go to eVoice.com slash Bill Burr or go to BillBurr.com. Click on the podcast page and uh, click on the eVoice banner for your free 30-day trial. That's eVoice.com. Jesus Christ, they got it. All right, Stamps.com, everybody. The last one here. Um, one great resolution you can make for the new year. Maximize every minute and every dollar for your small business. I know an easy way to do that with Stamps.com. Think about how much time you wasted going to the post office, driving there, finding parking. Stamps.com is a, the better way to get postage. Uh, just use what you already have, your computer and printer, to get official U.S. postage for any letter or package. Then the mailman comes and picks it up. doesn't get any more simple than that. With Stamps.com, everything you can do at the post office, you can do right from your desk, whenever the hell you want to do it, and at a fraction of the cost of one of those expensive postage meters. I've been using Stamps.com for months. Um, actually, no, for like a year and a half. It's about as convenient as, can, as it can get. And i got to tell you, with all this merchandise, you know, the T-shirts and that type of thing, it would be an absolute nightmare to have to go to the post office. So anyways, right now, use my last name, Burr, to get this special offer, no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's Stamps.com, enter Burr. And there you go. That is your advertisements for the week, your adverts, as they say over there in England. I guess they say that. Um, what are we doing here? Let's go to the next one. Sparkling water. The next email here. Uh, sparkling fucking water. Bill Pickles. Oh, I get it. Dill Tickles. Bill, uh, Dill, Dill Tickles. Dill Pickles. Bill Pickles. I get it. All right. There's a new one. There is a new one, my friends. He said, I saw in one of your tweets that you were upset about accidentally ordering sparkling water. Yeah, that happened to me when I was in, I was in London. Uh, going to AFRO, connected in AFRO. Um, you know, they, they put it in a clear bottle. It looks just like water. And, you know, when you're in a different country, like shit gets hard. Shit you just take for fucking granted. Like that, I never accidentally, I, very rarely do I accidentally grab sparkling water when I'm uh, in the States here. Because I know Poland Spring, I know, I know what the fuck bottled water, the still shit looks like. But uh, that is the most amazing thing when you, when you travel abroad is this part of your brain you have to use that you, you never use. Like I never realized how much shit I recognize just out of color. Um. And then all of a sudden you go overseas and you're just like, all right, is that a taxi or a police car? You know, does, is that a pharmacy or are they selling clothes? And I'm not even joking because the way that some of the stores look over, over, uh, overseas, they, they, their style that they'll do the store in, that's their style for a fucking pharmacy. Although pharmacies are pretty easy over there because they have a, they have a neon green like cross. It's really easy to find. So that's probably a bad one. But anyways, yes. Yeah. So anyways, he goes, I hope... You come around on this score, it's never too late to change. Um, oh, I think this guy's just telling me that he likes sparkling water. Well, Jesus Christ, Bill, why don't you just read the fucking thing so we can all find out? All right. 
He said, you know, men of great character and sophistication have long been enjoying sparkling water. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, let me go dress up for this fucking email. This guy's sitting there with his legs crossed wearing it. Was it an ascot? Is that how he said? He says, it's a satisfying bevy that you can drink endless quantities endless quantities of while you battle the temptations of various other addictions. Like when you're off the bottle, I highly recommend reaching for a bottle of San Pellegrino. It has a punch that plain water or fruity juice just can't give you. It's like hard alcohol in the sense that it's an acquired taste. Uh, on top of the hard alcohol, a nice, I can't, I don't know how that is, Gerald Steiner mixes wonderfully with alcohols of all kinds, my preference being vodka and whiskey. It's a much better mix than fruity juices and sodas and all that other uh, pussy shit. Just cuts a bit. It's like water's badass big brother. I remember you saying that you don't drink coffee. You're saying you've missed out on all that coffee house pussy over the years. So this is one pairing that I probably can sell you on. Um, What? So this is one pairing that I probably can't sell you on. But an espresso drink, no sugar, with a Perrier to hydrate you? Fucking delightful. Or I know you've been to Italy... An antipasto plate with a glass of wine and a glass of sparkling water. Uh, bueno. I hope I said that right. I don't know. I, bueno. B-U-O-N-O. Uh, love the stand-up. Love the podcast. As a working poor type 9 to 5 or the podcast makes Monday almost bearable. Well, look at you getting all fucking... He goes, waiting for the Canadians Hockey City's dates here in Montreal. Not a Habs fan, a Senators fan. All right. Um... Yeah, dude, I don't like drinking carbonated shit. I think it makes you bloated. It makes you fat for no fucking reason, and you should be drinking water. Uh, I'm not into the shit, and when I'm off the bottle, I just get off the bottle totally, and I drink water, and then I look down, and my stomach getting flatter every day, and I fucking enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not a, uh, I'm not a sparkling water guy. I'm just not. I don't like the shit. Um, if I'm going to drink something carbonated, I'll have a, a soda. Or a, pop, or a pop, as they say in the Midwest. And what do I like? I like the Mexican Coca-Cola that has the real sugar. And I like um, I like orange soda. But only if that has the good sugar, too. Um, all right, dude. The jet lag's hit me here. I'm just fucking talking about what kinds of soda I fucking like. Um, all right. Opposite of anorexia. Yeah, speaking of which, I mentioned earlier that I gained some weight here. Opposite of anorexia. Uh, hey there, Bill. I think I might have the opposite of anorexia because when I look in the mirror, I see a skinny guy while I have trained with push-ups and weights and gained like 10 pounds. Right now, I am 18 years old, 6'2", and 187 pounds, which should be normal. Also, when I look at my classmates, classmates, I seem bigger and more muscular. But when I'm home and stare in the mirror, I just seem skinny. Anyways, love your podcast. Greetings from Holland. Yeah, dude. Um, opposite of anorexia. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but you got some sort of body issue, dude. If you're 6'2", 187, yeah, you look, you look fine. And you're also 18 years old. You're going to fill out. Um, my suggestion is to look into the mirror and f- override those negative thoughts and think something positive. And I got to tell you, dude, when you get older, 
okay, and you got to go to the gym for two fucking weeks to get yourself looking halfway decent, and then you have one French fry, and it negates all two weeks that you did, you're going to fucking look back and go, God, remember when I was 6'2", and I was 187 pounds? For the love of God, enjoy this period in your life as much as you can, because there's no way to enjoy it fully the way some old bastard like me could, um, because I know what it's like now to fucking do all the work I did. And then go away for a couple of fucking weeks and come back and look like, oh, my God, dude. I fucking had on a pullover sweater the last fucking night. And I took a picture with somebody and I was sucking in my gut and I still look like a fucking, f- ah. I knew it. Somebody took a picture of me when I was in Iceland and I saw I'm, I'm getting my fat head back again. It killed me. So, dude, um, you're killing it. You're 6'2". You're 187 pounds. You're 18 years old. You got your whole life ahead of you. You should just be focusing on finding fucking places to go have a good time. All right? Go out, go chat up the most beautiful women you can find. And just have a great fucking time. All right? Quit looking in the mirror thinking you're some fucking skinny loser. You're not. All right? You're a goddamn fucking rock. You're the rock star of your, of your life right now. All right? And then don't use this as some negative thing like, oh, it's all downhill from here. Stop being a fucking pussy. Go out and enjoy your goddamn life. You look great, you son of a bitch. Go fuck yourself. All right. Accidentally racist. Um, Hey, Bill. I was waiting in line uh, for the water fountain at my gym with a buddy, and this African-American guy was taking forever to fill up his gallon-sized water bottle. Don't you fucking hate people who do that at the gym? Cheap. Cheap motherfuckers. I get that you're doing it. I get it. But if you see somebody behind you, you got a gallon water bottle. Maybe it was just a bigger one. You, you know what? Be a good shit. Turn around and be like, are you just getting a drink? Yeah, let me step aside. You know? Be a fucking asshole. You know what that's like? That's like people who stand in the middle of sidewalks with four other friends and have conversations. And the whole world has to walk around them. Or they do it in the airport. If you're stopping... And you, you're, you're going to make your flight or you're trying to figure out where the fuck you're supposed to be. Well, go grab the wall. Get over to the fucking wall. Let people, you know, and if your car fucking breaks down, if it's safe to do it, fucking push it to the side of the road, you dumb cunt. All right. Sorry. Anyways, he goes, I was getting impatient, as you should have. He goes, I remembered that the gym recently got rid of a separate fountain with a big nozzle so you could fill up a water bottle quicker. So I remarked to my buddy, didn't they used to have separate fountains for these people? Oh, shit. Oh, no. He goes, before my buddy can respond, the African-American guy turns around and says, excuse me, cue foot and mouth. So what's the best accidentally racist story you've got? Uh, Wait a minute, dude. Yeah, I hope you explain that to him. Uh, you know what? I have to think accidentally, right? I know I've done that. I know I've done that. Wait, how did I do that? Oh, I remember when I was in DC, I just made a joke and the guy didn't find it funny. And then I felt like a fucking asshole. Um, it was right after Obama got elected. I was in DC and I was fucking hammered and I was coming back to this hotel with Joe DeRosa and, uh, the security guy who was black, African-American, said something to me. And as a joke, I go, oh, what? The president's black now? So, and I'm hammered. And I thought he was going to laugh. And he stared at me like, oh, my, like, this is a white person who actually thinks this shit. And then I was like, oh, I was just fucking around. Joe's, like, dragging me away. 
Like, I went like, it was a joke that would have worked if I was sober and I was in a comedy club and I'd set it up right, but I didn't. Oh, and I kind of fucking knew the guy, but I didn't know the guy. It was three in the morning. I was drunk and it like, dude, it was fucking horrific. And I, and it kills me that I wasn't able to explain myself because I guarantee that that guy still fucking at least told that story for two weeks. So, um, I don't know. That's actually a good topic. If anybody else has accidentally racist shit. Oh my God. That's dude. That's like, I would submit that to fucking Larry David. Doesn't that seem like an episode of his show? You know, he'd have him in the beginning, like, you know, just whining that he has to go to the gym and all that shit, bitch moaning and complaining. He sees the guy with the water bottle. And then the misdirection is he talks about how cheap these people are. And he actually defends the gym for all the water that they're using. Um, and then when he shows up, it's gone. And then he stands behind. I mean, the whole fucking thing is right there. Hey, you put that music underneath it, you got yourself an episode. All right, ski lodges. Hey there, Billy Bunny Hill. Uh, what's your take? Uh, what's your take? A good weekend. Come on, people. You know I, I can't read out loud. Can, can you at least help me by at least trying to put all the words from the sentence in the fucking email? What's your take, I'm going to guess, on a good weekend of banging snow bunnies and drinking hot chocolate? What's my take on it? What that sounds like one of those fucking titty movies I watched when I first got cable. What 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 take would I have on it other than that's fucking awesome? He goes the occasional outdoor hot tub scene, wood fires and turtlenecks, some marijuana and monopoly washed down with a dark red. I don't even ski, but if I ever start, it's to be able to live in that dumb and dumber aspen type scene. Oh, absolutely. Somebody asked me uh, recently asked me if I skied. And I said, I told him that story how I, I, when I was in, I was in Utah with Jay Lawhead and we stayed an extra day and went skiing, um, up in, uh, where do they do that film festival? Sundance. We were up around there. We went skiing up there and it was great, but I, I, I don't like skiing. I love the workout and I love all that aspect that you're talking about, like, uh, coming down and they got the fire going and you're drinking beers. Dude, it's fucking awesome. But I have just never participated in a more blow your knee out fucking sport than skiing. But, uh, just your description there, like that right there is why I want to go. Um, it's fuck. It's just, it's, yeah, it's the shit. Who's that guy? That guy there, the guy in Holland. There you are. The six foot two, 187 pounds. There you go. Go skiing. Go skiing. This is what you should be doing instead of fucking staring at yourself in the mirror going, I'm ugly. I'm, I'm too skinny. Fuck that. Do this shit. You know what? I want to buy all the skiing shit and not go skiing and then just go on the treadmill and get all sweaty and then put the skiing shit on and just act like I fucking came off the mountain. Wash it down with a dark red. How good does that sound? It's 7.34 a.m. to me. All right. That's the podcast. Uh, what is my take on that? Like, I, I think that this is what I would do. Take skiing lessons. Something I never did. I was like, whatever. I play hockey, dude. I fucking skate. It's the same shit. Nobody's trying to hit you, right? You don't realize that there's trees. You forget that, which is like the, uh, I can't, it's like a fucking defenseman times like 9 million. <laughs> you never win in that contact. You never knock the fucking tree over. You basically die like Sonny Bono or some shit. Um, 
I just hate when you fall and like one of your skis is going one way and the other is going the other way and it's never a convenient fucking way. You always feel like you're going to fucking blow out an ACL. But if you survive and you get down that hill a couple of times, you know what's funny about skiing? I always love when you get to that point where you know you're exhausted and you try to do one more fucking run and you get up there and you're so tired by you get halfway down, you just fall down. Every third time you try to make a turn, like whatever that fucking acid is that builds up in your muscles and your legs, you just, you're just completely gassed and you're laughing and your friend's laughing at you and you just get down to the fucking mountain. You get to the ski lodge. Hopefully there's not a bunch of cunts taking up the whole thing. Um, you know, that rich family that has five kids and it can afford to buy them all ski stuff, despite the fact that they're all growing and shit. Um, you resent them. They look like the Kennedys. You're like, look at those fucking blue-blooded cunts. But if you can somehow get yourself a seat. Ah, fuck, I want to go. I'm going. I'm, I'm calling up Lawhead. I'm going to go skiing over the Christmas break. Fuck this. I'm going. Jesus Christ. Did, did that person paint a picture or what? I'm fucking going. All right. And that is the end of the podcast. And um, I got I to gotta thank everybody who came out to my shows in Europe. I have to thank all the promoters who got me out there. Uh, I got to thank everybody who took me out, you know, to the bars, to that Premier League game, to 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 all these sites, all the to the, the lagoon, all this stuff. I I can't even like it was absolutely. I'll never forget that tour. Um, and I'm just going to keep going over there. It was just an unbelievable experience to end. An unbelievable year where I had some of the biggest shows of my career. I did the most shows, the most cities I've ever done. I did the Red State Tour. I did that bus tour through the South with all my buddies. And um, Jason Lawhead and his legendary father, Jim Lawhead. Um, just all the people I got to meet, man. It was just the exact reason why I got in this business was to have fun and to travel and make people laugh. And I really... I, I did that this year like, uh, I don't know. It just went to a whole other level. I don't know how I can top it next year. I'm fucking exhausted, but I'm tired in a great way. So um, thank you to everybody. And uh, that's it, man. I hope you guys enjoy your uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Hope you guys have a nice Christmas break. And um, like I said, man, fucking if you can scrape together some quarters... Get your ass on a plane and go travel. I wish I did it when I was younger. And uh, I'm an old fuck, man, 45. You're never too, never too old to do it. So uh, I want that for all of you guys, man. I hope you guys have a great, successful 2014. That's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. And uh, I'll talk to you next week.